I think games offer a unique opportunity as a medium to create experiences that really invite the player to bring their own experience and therefore their own interpretation to the game. It's about expanding the spectrum of what video game can provide as, as a medium. We thought if we would be able to help to grow this medium, we need to present to the world that games can be about these feelings. They can provide these emotions. I had read The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand and I enjoyed it. It certainly made an interesting impression on me. The goal was at the beginning, it's like, let's take these notions of, these philosophical notions and put them in a world where things can go off track potentially. An odd world was always supposed to be this sort of dark side of globalization reflecting the real world. I think gaming is unlike any other medium in the sense that you can engage an individual's undivided attention for hours at a time and embody the main character making choices, taking action. I mean, this is, this is what makes gaming such a powerful medium. It's a tool through which you can see the world through another person's eyes. Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Interactive Artistry, dedicated to showcasing and celebrating the work of creators who are on the forefront of adding emotional, psychological, intellectual, and philosophical depth, dimensions, and maturity to the interactive medium, also known as games. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Justin Dressler, director, creator, developer, writer of Barrel's Legacy. Go ahead, Justin. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> I'll just kind of crack on with the yeah, rest of the intro. So um, through Interactive Artistry and all its other title-specific shows, including Death Stranding Podcast and the newly announced God of War Podcast, our mission is to create a dedicated space for extending this unique medium the respect, dignity, and legitimacy as a creative and storytelling powerhouse that it rightly deserves. Far from being just an outlet for distraction, recreation, and competition, games are a true art form unlike any other. The only one, in fact, that, like life itself, is an interactive experience. This unique aspect gives them the potential for unprecedented levels of intimacy resonating with the very core of what it means to be human. In short, we believe games are the most worthwhile and effective form of art and entertainment ever, and every week on the show we chronicle their growth in the form of news, breakdowns, analyses, and more. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Right, we're going to go straight into what we were doing in the pre-show, listeners. I was um, meeting Justin for the first time. We're literally within five minutes of the first time speaking with one another. And um, uh, Justin, please continue. Um, great to have you on the show. Absolutely, man. It's uh, like I said, it's a very humbling uh, experience to be talking to somebody like miles and miles away. It's very cool to you know be able to interact with with people who feel and share the same kind of uh, emotional connection to music and other mediums of art. Um, and it's just great to be able to you know to resonate with uh, people that that share that same viewpoint that you know are excited um, by the further medium uh, medium of video games and and what they are providing us um and just how we're you know taking other mediums and then turning them into their 
video games or movies or things of that nature. It's just great. I mean, it's yeah. just wonderful. And it's just to be able to, to talk and to hang out with somebody from Australia is just so cool. Like to me, like <laughs> I'm just, I live in this very like um, uh, sheltered experience where I don't get out a whole lot other than work. And so the fact that like some random Reddit <laughs> post was responded and received by someone thousands of miles away from me who also has the same desire and love of this band the sword just blew my mind and like it since then it's just been a very humbling experience of getting to meet uh yourself albert it's it's just been awesome so yeah. thank you so very much for having me on here it's it's an absolute pleasure i love listening to um your podcast for both death stranding and also the interactive artistry i'm still making my way through uh episode two um just because I follow a bunch of different podcasts. And okay. so, uh, but yes, no, I, I do, do love every, uh, every, every moment of, of getting to hear you guys talk. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate so it's so that. cool. <laughs> so cool to be on this one, to be honest. Like I said, this is my second podcast I've ever done. The first one I did with, uh, a couple local friends here about video games, uh, was super joystick radio. Uh, just the three dudes that, you know, we just, vibe with very similar games yeah. and they're like hey you know what you want to come be a special guest and i was like yeah that sounds cool and uh and we just Great. riffed about video games um nice, but this dude. is this is such a cool like those are people that i know local but to reach someone you know internationally <laughs> with with just some random reddit post it just blows my mind it's, well, it's crazy how the cosmos works it's crazy the cosmos exactly we were talking about it in the bit of the pre-show um now that i've articulated it uh, as I did earlier, the way that I phrase it is that um, how it felt for that to kind of come together the way it is to meet. I obviously already um, in sort of day-to-day -day life kind of cherish when I meet people that again resonate with the same uh, kind of uh, media that I do and stories. And but that goes beyond uh, for me. It goes when someone connects with something. You, it's like a trickle down effect, like a domino effect of like, well, if you resonate with this, this and that, I can deduce from that, that you um, connect with these subject matters of like wider life, like outside of that initial context of meeting. And the way that I phrased it is that like, when you meet, when this sort of stuff happens, I look straight up into the cosmos and I'm like, that was super kind of you crazy like uh, you know into interweaving webs of eventualities and all that because like if uh, you know the freight you know if this is one something that you guys uh, listeners and guys and gals believe it's when we're sort of constituted and materialize into this world I sort of tend to think that you know up there while we're waiting to kind of be born and become like real like human <coughs> beings that there's like certain patches where people kind of grew together maybe then after that they sort of split and go into different areas of the of the world and that they never really meet obviously that's more than more than likely the case for kindred spirits around the world but when that does happen it's just that's the immediate visual for me so uh yeah maybe a bit eye rolly and stuff and like maybe a bit sappy but it's like fuck like i tend to have so many problems with the like the the kind of with the internet and that kind of culture and it um uh you know like moving towards modernity and stuff but one thing and i mentioned in the, in the pre-show listeners that the internet like justified its existence with this meeting for me and that's no hyperbole or superlatives or smoke it's just it's just that that kind of quiet sort of gratitude you feel it's like holy shit that's really cool because um i feel like you're my neighbor and also that i've known you for like a bunch of years 
<laughs> right? I feel the exact same way. Like just the minute we connected over the sword, then we were we 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 changed subjects and we're like, hey, have you ever heard of a band called Truck Fighters? And then it just grew into this love of of, <laughs> of metal music that's evolved over the years, uh, that stems all the way back from you know the brainchild of Ozzy Osbourne with Black Sabbath and oh, that yes. sort of doom sludge metal that like came about in the seventies that wasn't there presently at the time mm-hmm. and has sort of offset with classic rock and everything else to expand upon this medium with you know you had metallica mastodon and um oh yeah there's with so the other bands just, yeah. yeah right i mean just so many bands that have just evolved from sort of that that ideology in that yeah. that that path that that black sabbath took on from the very beginning mm. uh you know when you have ronnie james Dio and Oh, yeah. Um, I need to stop you right there, Justin. Sorry. I know I have to stop you right there because we need to take a moment. Maybe you have like a Wayne's World moment of like, whoa, if you want. (laughs) You can do that if you want. Party time, excellent. (laughs) Okay. Right. Excellent. 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 Okay. Extreme close up. Whoa. Garth, crazy as I take your rhythm, take your, Oh, you don't. You seriously don't. Yeah, you, that's that fucking, fucking cool. Uh, my <laughs> name is, is Wayne Campbell. I live in Aurora, Illinois. <laughs> Get the fuck out. I live in Aurora, Illinois. Just Shut want you to know that. This is... I'm dead fucking serious. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. What's, what's the unfortunate part is some of that was shot here in Illinois, but it wasn't all shot here. It was, you know, but still very cool, you know. Which is a suburb, cool. which is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. It is. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Shwing. <laughs> hey, she makes me feel like when I was climbing the rope in gym class. Oh, dude. Dude, fucking insane. The, 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 again, already unto itself, the fact of the like-mindedness with the sword, and then it's just been one fucking domino of kindred like-mindedness and shit after another. I think in the next 20 minutes, it's going to have to happen. Like, the other shoe has to drop. I'm going to find out that you're like, I don't know, fucking, that you've, like, murdered a bunch of people. Like, let's just, let's get that out of the way. Have you, are you actually secretly a mass murderer? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay, that's exactly what a mass murderer would say. Um, listeners... <laughs> Listeners, my dear listeners, um, just to give you a bit of context in case for the for those of you who haven't immediately like <laughs> just been like, this isn't about interactive artists. They're like, oh, they, yeah, they tuned out. They're like, ah, no, yeah. No, what I wanted to say is that um, right off the bat, uh, you know, and I'll actually have timestamps as well, so people can kind of, if they wanted to, you know, on the YouTube as well, I try to put them in the descriptions for the iTunes, um, so for people to kind of get context if they need it to jump forward and jump back. Um, so Justin, is, as I mentioned on the top of the show, he has created this title called Barrel's Legacy um, and it is a adaptation or rather uh, inspired variously by um, the in, in terms of its name Barrel is a uh, is, is, is a character basically from a album that was written and performed by JD Cronice uh, of the sword uh, and then afterwards he got the band together um, and sort of created a band so that this album could get the exposure that it that it deserved and that, that, that he wanted to kind of have for it. And that essentially birthed a band. So it's not only a special album in respects to how it was crafted with such care. I mean, the album liner notes itself, they begin with a WB Yeats quote, um, about uh, escapism and this kind of mournful aspect of like you know the element of fantasy in our lives which is this uh, avenue for us to kind of um, leave the world, real world behind and if i can remember it from memory it is um, come away oh human child to the waters and the wild with a fairy 
hand in hand, for the world is more full of weeping than you can understand. So this sense, and this is something that permeates all of the sword's uh, work um, going forward from Age of Winters, is this uh, sense of this one line, like, for, it always hits hits my heart. It's like long gone are the ages of the alchemists, you know. Um, and yeah, like it's it's this this sense that um, that time is over. And maybe you can say that it has a, a bit of a Tol Tolkienian kind of twist to it because all throughout, like, uh, say, listeners, you know, um, maybe I'm sure some of you have read, the, obviously, The Lord of the Rings and seen the films, and all throughout there's the sense of the elves leaving and, and this time coming to an end, and that's something that's carried uh, tonally in, in the sword's work. And um, I'll say that off the bat. What's great, though, is that what Justin is doing with Barrel's legacy, in it, like, it references some of that, but it's also, like, I was just playing it right up up until we started recording. Um, it's great. It's the music is just Nobuo Uematsu and Koji Kondo tastic. It's catchier and better written and composed than ninety percent of the games I've played on PSN or, or Steam. Um, it's a really like cozy and like like um, like. Like, like essentially evoking of this. Uh, yeah, I will say definitely the word nostalgic applies, but it's just this really like uh, well put together um, sort of experience of yeah, stepping out into this adventure as Barrel. You know, uh, Barrel's blade is the song that it references, and uh, you are uh, your companion at the start is this uh, crow mage called Rast, which refers to the lyrics of uh, "Forged by the Crow Mage" to Vorpal Sharpness, which is in the very first song right after um, "Celestial Crown." intro song but listeners this is all part of a wider conversation which this i hope this um podcast uh, helps galvanize or or initiate um about the untapped uh, and sort of untrodden frontier of titles that are as in like interactive experiences and interactive art that uh, are inspired by albums um and the way that I phrased it in in the reddit uh post that I made was who who wouldn't want to see like for example, like these these um, especially concept album driven uh, bands like Genesis and, and Mastodon um, and Queensryche and 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 oh, Justin, make sure you're sitting down right now because how fucking dope would it be to play a game based on uh, King Diamond's them, right? Come on, sensational. I I I would also say to to the links of uh, like a Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yes, I mean, oh, I mean, my my first my first <laughs> album. Uh, just to just to go back, I was 12 years old. My first album I ever bought uh, was Pink Floyd's The Wall. Smoke on the horizon You are all 
and it just it just resonated with me so much. Um, I loved it. I actually got kicked out of choir uh, <laughs> in my sixth grade choir class because I wanted to be at, 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 at when I was in sixth. I'm sorry, when I was twelve and in the sixth grade, I wanted to be a rock star. Oh, that was yeah. all. Like I didn't dream to be a doctor. Didn't want to be a teacher. Didn't want to be a lawyer. You know the traditional, conventional things that kids growing up want to do. Uh, I wanted to be. A fucking rock god like and i know that sounds so egotistical <laughs> to say and like hilarious. i wanted that but as but as six uh but in sixth grade i wanted to sound like roger waters so i sort of in my own way adapted a a british accent and anytime we were in you know choir class i'd be singing that way and eventually my teacher was able to because she had a great ear picked me out of the class and said hey look you either need to cut that out or you can go back to homeroom. And I was like, bye, I'm going to homeroom. So I was <laughs> done with choir because I was like, I'm going to go pursue my own musical creativity and I'm not going to let anyone stifle that. So I mean, we all know Justin, age. exactly. I mean, we all, we all know Justin that, you know, quiet desperation is the British way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, so you were like quietly, oh. desperately like, I shouldn't be here. I should be doing something else. I, I, I love that, man. And I said like hilarious before, but that's because I've been in the same place. Like, you know, I uh, did actually some album art for a bunch of bands um, here in Canberra and, and like dabbled in singing as well. Like for sure, dude, you know, and I, but I will, I am kind of selfishly grateful that you took the path you did because it led to obviously all this happening, uh, the barrels played um, this, what I, already know will be like i'm just saying it right here it's on tape now for the for posterity this is the birth this is justin stepping up and creating this fucking thing like no no you 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 take that mantle now don't don't you throw that back into the into the flames like you you take this up upon yourself from the flames of like creativity like this is you 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 need to lead this forefront man absolutely you know uh lawless studios <laughs> right right it'd be brilliant i mean that was the most most brilliant, uh, brilliant words that I've ever heard in my entire life. Like I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds so cool!" Lawless <laughs> Studios, and immediately I imagine like, uh, like images. You know how, like, obviously when you see like Lawless Studios or like a, like a video game brand, there's always an iconic image. And I wanted like, um, did you ever see uh, the Watchmen? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay, so remember the uh, how the sort of the the title of that or the, the image is obviously the the smiley face button with the blood dripping down. I was thinking I was like it would be so cool to have like either like just a skeleton hand like popping up from a grave like holding a sheriff's badge with a little bit of blood on it or a little bit tarnished yes. and that would be like the lawless lands like that's immediately what popped into my head. Fucking I was like, that's so cool. So good. <laughs> and again, listeners, for those of you who don't know the sword, um, which like who are you and get off my podcast because only fucking sword <laughs> motherfucking fans on this show um no it's they have a song called lawless lands
off of uh, Wolf Riders, which came out in 2010, which I stayed up well into the early hours of the morning to make sure that I was one of the first to get that, uh, you know, was like collector's edition with the uh, with the VA, with the not the VHS tape, um, the yeah the cassette tape um, version. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I've when I it's I that's I mean coming back down to a bit more like a more more, more grounded tone. Like it's why I've connected with with um, where the, the sort of creative and sort of human experience sort of place that the sword make their work from, which is this no like yes the age of the alchemists are dead. Yes this this time is coming to an end of this 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 analog media but fuck we're gonna go down fighting and we're gonna make this our own and we're gonna own this experience of um of of this time of of mourning and this time of of this twilight time for this media although it can be argued that now there's a been a massive resurgence you know in in heavy music um of of these tones and this uh you know this genre you know and i think the sword i really you know there was a couple of articles that came out in the early 2000s or mid 2000s about this new wave like um elder for example they they came about the same time and um then there was uh saviors as well and also this band i don't think that doing stuff anymore but children as well so but saviors and, and the sword are are like siblings in the same cot that they they grew up together in the same cabin in the in the norse wilds you know definitely right for sure um you know what uh again we're just going to kind of harness this sort of energy of like first meetings and stuff but i will sort of for our listeners let you know that we do have a little bit of structure for the show um before i continue with what sort of it's sort of we sort of spilled into my interview <laughs> with <laughs> with justin because i want to start and be comprehensive and start from the very start about how justin's uh you know um came to first uh uh connect with the sword and but also connect with them um, creating games so i, I want to sort of um do the whole proper interview process there so what i'll say um for our listeners is that yeah after this sort of usual like kind of weekly catch-up we um like to thank our patrons who have sort of um jumped on and and sort of uh helped us kind of grow and these kindred spirits out there who 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 want to support this ever expanding medium into all avenues that it's proving to to connect with i mean we see journey in the smithsonian you know that game company creating these these titles that are you know um used in like hospitals to like put people's minds further at ease and sort of like for, for like post-traumatic uh stress disorder like victims and stuff like that like games are reaching far beyond their their context of entertainment or distraction or 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 recreation or anything like that so it's a, absolutely at the, at the top of the show i say this really worthwhile and, and valid um, art form that's expanding and that again that's why justin's on the show today is to show you another avenue into which games are um permeating and and this yeah untapped frontier but i just wanted to say to Paul, um um, uh, our yeah newest patron is this um, dollar dollar a uh, dollar a month patron is named Turpol and like I just wanted to thank you thank you so much and if you're listening so thanks for that um, then we don't have much housekeeping and if you can read I don't know if the notes came through to you but under housekeeping I have the sword under news I have the sword and under main topic I also have the sword the sword <laughs> yes <laughs> so that's kind of going to be the show um. Uh, and listeners, don't worry. Like we're not. It's, this isn't really. I I wouldn't be able to live myself. Would live my, with live with myself if I made this show as earnestly as I have about this subject and just suddenly changed tone completely. Like we're going to be weaving this in again. It's it's inherent to, to why Justin's on the show is that he's he's developing this game and um, we are a bunch of fucking metalheads. We are, but it's really going to be about um, everything feeding itself. Like. Justin, I'll just say, I'll field this question to you. How much more powerful is it when media cross-collaborate, when they support each other, you know? 
absolutely. I mean, uh, it's incredibly important. I mean, oh, what? I mean, th I mean, the Tolkien universe was amazing. I mean, for those people that love to read and love fantasy, it was amazing to actually be able to to pick that up and just be transported there through your own imagination. But the fact that when um, when that was actually brought to the cinemas and you know those those epic tales, I mean, were displayed um, you know for everyone to see was amazing. Um, you know, for, for those people that don't really care to read, uh, you know, and those people that don't really, you know, that's not their avenue, um, but movies, they love movies, and that sort of started them down the pathway of, you know, I want to know more about this universe, I want to know more about what happens, you know, before everything took place with the ring, like, explain to me the story behind the ring more be more than just what, you know, the Fellowship told, I mean, yeah. and so that you had people that were diving back into the lore of, of, of uh, Lord of the Rings, and it was just a great experience, I mean, that's just one example, um, there are hundreds of examples of how, you know, either books or music or something of that nature has developed into, uh, into film, um, or, or how plays and musicals have developed into film, or, you know, TV spinoffs and things of that nature, um, and they're, how they're so widely accessible to so many thousands and millions of people. Mm. I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons why Game of Thrones, you know, continues to stomp everybody that tries to release any new content during that year. It's not because, you know, it, it's not because like the, the, the quality and everything else is, is, you know, subpar. It's just that that stands alone. And then everyone's excited for the books and, you yeah. know, and, as 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 a fellow nerd, I'm still waiting for book uh, book six. You know, I'm still praying for my copy to come out yeah. because I'd love to read it finally. Um, but I mean, it's just great that there are uh, there are these adaptations and other media's of different forms of artwork, and you know, it's getting recycled. And there's just so much life that's going on. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that that in a video game, and what I was able to create, um, you know, for Burial's Blade was just sort of uh, my my love of the sword like i've i've cherished them since um since like 2010 when i first discovered them and that was actually uh in part due to uh guitar hero 2 yeah uh, with and, the um, yeah, i think that was um how heavy this act freya oh freya no, it was freya yeah <laughs> Okay, I mean, come okay. on. Like, if that song doesn't like enter your veins and literally make like your silver blood boil and 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 all of these amazing evocative like that's that's the song that like this little band from Austin who created this mythology leaning and like seriousness non campiness like leaning um uh, I I used to call it like scholar metal or like like earnest folklore almost just like really on that on that side of like taking this seriously without any kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of metal that's the song that made what is it um 
the drummer from from Metallica, Lars, he just was like, um, "These guys need to come on tour with us." So right. <laughs> so it's just amazing. Wanted, but yeah. I just I just remember getting my ass kicked by that song Guitar Hero too. But like it obviously resonated with me during that time, uh, and I know I was kind of late to the game because I believe that that uh, debuted in like 2006, 2007, and so I would already missed like the f- first two albums by The Sword. But once I heard that song, I was like. Oh my god! I need to. I need to. Uh, I need to look more into this. And then I actually, I've, I've been in bands most of my entire life since I was probably fifteen. Right. Um, I've been either you know a uh, 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 frontman to a to a band, or I've been playing guitar. Um, and I joined a band in two thousand twelve, and it was called uh, the Rough Tracks. Oh, cool. And we were, yeah, we were only a band for roughly six to seven months uh but i you know thought this was the the golden band this is the band i was going to literally drop out of college for which i did um (laughs) you know to the to the uh to the disappointment of my parents um and to everyone else that thought that was just a terrible idea at the time uh i was like all in all all eggs were in that basket and um and unfortunately the band didn't uh really go anywhere um but i I, you know absolutely but that I mean that was that's my lifestyle, man. I just once I'm like committed 100, I'm just all in. Like there's nothing going to stop me until someone like literally just drops a ton of bricks Dude, on my. On my that hands. is why exactly why I, I I mean it when I say like you know when I say about Lawless Studios and and when I say about this forefront that I feel you've you've really like as far as I'm concerned like I, I just it's. Yeah it just isn't in in the discussion now it isn't part of the conversation um this forefront of of adapting uh, or or being led by albums you know I, I remember when in my sort of earlier years with the interactive artistry endeavor it was under a different name but i was like Yo, oh, and i would look for ways in which sort of the medium is expanding and i found like a, a thorough game it's like okay so throw the guy who wrote that really like um meditative uh, exploration on like one man's relationship with nature in walden you know and it's like oh turns out the walden society have created a game that's great it's and it sort of is just sort of there as a footnote and it didn't really go anywhere um i part of what i what i hope this um uh, this this episode and and what I hopefully I mean already decided within the first first couple minutes of talking with you man I definitely want to have you back on the show because I know we won't be able to um, cover this as extensively as I know that we both want to and as mu- and and also as much as this subject rightfully deserves but um, right. I, I want this uh, yeah to, to sort of to sort of have an additive effect to um, going to, to you know like a, a creative surge. Um, and focusing this creative surge to creating possibly maybe like a subgenre within games because there are subgenres. There's the what has now come to be known, not uh, like uh, in too much of a blanket term, but the art game of of you know like Journey and 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 Sky, sort of these meditative experience focused things that aren't too competitive or anything. But what I love with Barrel's Legacy is like you're taking something that you could make uh something like a visual like like there's a game that recently came out called the last frontier um with uh, it's uh, andy circus he's uh, based on the planet of the apes and that's an interactive movie and it's all choice based so again um alternate universe albert and justin i'd be talking to you about oh yeah i decided to make this like super hellblade kind of thing where i'm we're moving through these these layers of these crow mages and these we're actually experiencing the colossus of the deep you know crashing down with cosmic might
it's all sort of QTE based and, and um, all of that. That's one approach. But the main thing that I'm saying is that that, that you're developing it into this great, it's just so endearing. I, I love Barrier Legacy so much. It's it's like the, the game that I've played the most like recently, like definitely, you know? Um, it's it's creates such a great atmosphere. And, and if listeners, if you do um, enjoy like the earlier Final Fantasies, for example, it's so disarmingly like charming and, and wonderful. And and just get behind Justin with, with this title that he's creating because he's he's adding to, and I, again, I humbly believe you'll be leading it because fucking why not? You need to, I believe in you. you, you I, again, reach into that fire and take up the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> forward <laughs> right <laughs> onwards into the future you know um for sure dude obviously there's the realities of like time and stuff and availability and like tech and obviously um uh, tech and you know um uh, you know staff as well you know to be able to create these things and um just quick question are you you're developing it entirely on your own um very okay yes. okay so you're telling me that you composed that fucking amazing music so no, uh, so let okay. me let me let me correct myself. <laughs> yeah. So I am developing this game, and uh, you know the the storyline, the narrative, um, you know the the types of music that's played um, is all dictated by me. But there's a there's actually a lot that comes from the program that I'm using, and I'm sure that when you loaded up the game, you probably saw this where it yeah. said RPG Maker. Yes. Um, that's actually sort of the engine that I'm using to make this game, and it came preloaded with a lot of different music and a lot of different tones um but it's, it's about finding the right tones for the right environment mm-hmm. and sort of directing in that regard granted granted i wish i had the ability to sit there and make that kind of music and my <laughs> goal before the end of this game is done with is to replace the music that i've used yeah. in the game so far uh with uh 8-bit copies of uh sword oh songs God. that i've oh yeah God. right That's so i've listened so to a couple of them online through youtube because uh, there are two out there that i know of um and they're just brilliant and Just Justin, Justin, what are these two? So Lawless Lands... a copy on um on youtube yep uh, for that's an 8-bit and then how heavy this acts
I that's I just love that song so much. You it's know? so how, good as an 8-bit. Like it stands alone yeah. by itself. I mean, the song itself is great yeah. um, from the Sundering album, but um, and I believe that was the correct album. Uh, uh, that was, um, but Gods of the Earth, and uh, it's how, uh, heavy, how, how I have to say the whole thing. How heavy this axe burden carried from birth, uh, wrought in Stygian visions by the Gods of the Earth. <laughs> It's like just shut the fuck up. Like just this the I just have no words when I face the true when I have like an un unfiltered fa- just beholding and facing the epicness and the fucking artistry of the sword. Um I'm telling you, man, I I looked up and down the web to see if how heavy this axe was like, oh, some kind of cryptic line. It's like, no, JD wrote that. That phrasing is also kind of has this this feel of like the old world of like how heavy this axe it's it's an incomplete it's sort of an old English kind of way of, of like phrasing. It's like the beginning of a poem. Oh, how heavy this axe kind of thing. And I was like, no, no, JD wrote that. He is from the Middle Ages. He literally is. <laughs> right. He's a time wizard. <laughs> he is. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I was just going to say uh, that, and that's how, like, so when I was looking up, uh, when I first started, okay, so just to give you a little context of this, for me, um, I work a very, you know, very normal, you know, a, a you know nine to five job kind of thing during my regular regular job you know I, I work in a call center and you know that's fine and dandy but you know when you my philosophy behind life is that you you get sort of one life you know and whether there's a next life or not you know you want to make the most out of the current life that you have okay. and you shouldn't pass up on dreams or desires or things of that nature that you know are sort of you letting go by the wayside and each day that you you know progressively trudge through and your dreams sit there on the shelves they're just collecting dust and one day um in my frustration and rage i said i'm not happy i'm not happy with where i am in my life i'm not happy where things are going in sort of a professional way i want to have a legacy out there i want to be able to do something that i can look back on you know 40, 50 years from now when I'm on that, you know, uh, that, you know, my deathbed, uh, and and say, you know, I was really stoked with what I did with my life. And that what you did, the Barrel's legacy. Well, so kind of in a way, but it was mostly because I, thank you. Um, it it tossed around legacy or saga a couple different times, but, uh, ultimately I did go with legacy and, um, uh, it, this game to me was actually it's my first game that I've ever tried to develop on my own. So using the the medium that I am using, which is again want to just pay tribute to them because it's an awesome software. Um, the tagline of it is powerful enough for a developer, simple enough for a child to use. Yes, uh, and that's really what it boils down to. Is is I mean I watched. I don't know, hundreds of hours of YouTube videos before I even bought the program because I wanted to know how did it work? How could I manipulate it in the way that I want to tell a story? And um, and so this was sort of just sort of going to be a temporary project. I was going to uh, make sort of my first intro into it, learn the process, and then it just grew out of love. Like I was like, okay, so now I've learned battle system. I know how to code skills and I know how to create animations and I know how to do dialogue and, and story yeah, concepts so, and everything else. It's so tight, like such a great, like it's so smooth and I didn't even have to look at any tutorials or anything. It's like super intuitive with like booting it up on the Mac. Um, directional buttons move, uh, enter is to speak, you know, S 
ask is to go back or to go to the menu. It's like super, like that's it. That's all you need. And everything is straight into the story. It's really, really good, man. Yeah, and and the great thing is too is that the system that I or the program that I'm using the again the RPG Maker MV it allows you to not only make um, a simple you know port for the for the Mac it doesn't you know allows for the PC it also allows for iOS and Android and uh, I'm I'm going to be furthering that into looking and seeing you know can I get that added to the PlayStation Network or to like the Switch or oh, something yes. like that where it could just be a digital uh, thing once it's completed obviously I want to bring a full complete product because this is only just a chapter like this is. Um, I told sort of the Age of Winter's story in this in this video game, but it references other sword uh, yeah, topics like uh, yeah. a lot of different lyrics show up there. Um, like the, but that was, if I wanted to say a specific one that I found earlier in the title, it was from Apocryphon, and it was a reference to uh, Cloak of Feathers, which is um, when Byril is being kind of lascivious with Freya when he first meet, meets her um, in front of the king. Turns to rest and under his breath, sort of says, "Beneath the cloak of feathers lies a body soft and fine." Yeah, what a what a, I love how you portrayed Daryl, yep. and then also when you got Rast to say "you bastard" as in referring to the bastard sword, you know? Um, right, well. absolutely. Uh, I, just, I wanted all of that to just to bleed through, and I wanted yeah. the game to kind of be joking because there was a lot of games that I grew up playing. Like I played um, Final Fantasy IX was really big for me, but also Final Fantasy X. Mm, um, those two games right there. Um, were some of the Fury Feud when I was younger that didn't like revolve around like just like a quick shoot 'em up or something like that. Like other than like Zelda and Mario, like these were the first two that I really like like 
wholeheartedly put my entire soul behind. Um, and there were a lot of things that were going on in my life at that time when I was playing them. So like, it was easy to identify with. Yeah. Um, and, and I was a very introverted child, very awkward. I, I had very You're few describing friends. me. What the hell? This is crazy. <laughs> I have no I idea. Another, what the hell? Another brother from a different mother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I was a very introverted child. Um, I would, I, honestly, this is going to sound like a very sad story, but I would literally build Legos. Um, but I would, like, I was obsessed with, like, the Harry Potter Legos. And so I eventually had enough Harry Potter Legos where I made my own Quidditch match um, in my own room using the Legos. And I would, yes. I would stand on a ladder and I would attach uh, the Harry Potter Legos with threads like pieces of thread and I'd hang them, them from the ceiling to make them fly to get that illusion um, that they were flying. And I, you know, I would just, you know, that was, that was me. At, at, like if I was to look down at that exact moment, like that would be me encapsulated in a very nerdy uh, situation, but I love Legos, man. I love building. And so, Absolutely. Yeah. I used to like, um, we used to do pen and paper, my friends, you know, the up and paper. Oh geez. We had like, um, Deadlands, we had Call of Cthulhu and I was like the al al allocated kind of like a draftsman to like do drawings of like people's, uh, uh, characters, you know, as they were developing them, which kind of got them to like, yeah, like hi hi hype a little bit more about like, uh, getting the game underway and stuff. And like, nah, man, be proud of it. Like, that's fantastic. And it's, it, it was clearly a formative time for you as it, as it was for me, uh, to do these, um, to have these experiences and yeah no i love it man go for it uh but yeah and so when i was playing final fantasy 9 playing final fantasy 10 playing 9 uh as Zidane, that hero who's very confident he's arrogant he's 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 you know very much the 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 you know ladies man he's yeah. brave uh, he's very loyal to his group and, and to his friends and you know he's very witty and funny and so uh, and same goes with Titus, you know, with Titus, when you're playing him, you know, he's, he's kind of a ladies man. He's very confident in who he is and what he does. Granted, he struggles with identity and like figuring out where he fits in the new world once he's absorbed by sin. Um, but, you know, for the most part, he's very, you know, brave as well, too. He jumps right into the whole shit that's happening, you know, just as the world's imploding upon him. Uh, he doesn't even bat an eye. He's like, okay. I'll take the sword and I'll fight with Yorn. And, and he goes on this pilgrimage with Yuna and everybody else. And so, you know, he's, he's just very brave in that sense. And, and so I grew up, you know, sort of learning, you know, what being brave and being compassionate and being uh, loyal and wholesome from video games. I mean, that's, I literally yeah, learned here. a lot of the great, like great philosophies that I would follow from, from a video game. And, and it was just impacted me. And so that's what I wanted to replicate with burial is I wanted him to kind of be that same kind of character in the ask of, you know, as a Dane or a Titus or even dart from legend of dragoon. That was one yeah. of my all time oh, favorite, man. uh, PlayStation, uh, original games. And I was so sad. There was never a duplicate. There's such a cult following here in America for, for having a, uh, legend of dragoon, uh, second sequel. There was never yeah. one. Um, ever. They just had a video. Actually, the uh, um, PlayStation Access. Literally a couple of hours ago, they pu they published it. Games that are underappreciated and deserve uh, a sequel. And, and Legend of Dragoon. It was literally like like a couple of hours ago they they posted that, which is really great. So again, yeah. it kind of backs up what you're saying about um about that legacy. But in terms of, I need to echo this man because when I was growing up as well, like it's why this endeavor has kind of taken the shape that it has, and why it's come to the forefront of of my sort of creative output put as, as as a person and and um you know not to get like sappy or eye rolly or anything but that feeling that you're you've sort of kind of connected with um why you're why you're here and like what 
what you're able to what you're able to channel uh, from yourself naturally. Like I, I say that my phrasing for it is um, do what comes as easy to you as breathing and you won't ever go wrong. Like you'll never feel at odds with the world because you'll be aligned with your own nature. You'll be aligned with nature because all like if you never see a tree in conflict with itself you never see a lake in conflict with itself like and those last for ages and they are uh, and they, there's not there's no bad vibes around about uh, around when something is really following its own nature and i feel like you've definitely found that with with burials and i'll tell you right now man i i wouldn't have um wanted to interview you frankly if if i didn't sense that there was a deeper layer to uh, the project and and it didn't feel at all like it was something that was thrown together and that could have very easily been the case like someone oh haha I downloaded Apogee Maker oh I'll just throw a little reference here to uh, uh, Cloak of Feathers haha and then like that's it like it didn't I, I immediately could tell there was this this earnestness and this wholesomeness and this um uh, and, and something being communicated that went beyond again as I say at the top of every show beyond just recreation or um distraction uh I find the best titles. We actually had this with our last episode of Interactive Artistry talking about Last of Us. Is that the the greatest uh, thing that a, a game can do is take you off to a to a, another place, and the great, greatest thing that fantasy can do. And I think uh, games do this better than anything. I'm sure you would agree. Like better than a novel to me personally, because I'm phys- like I'm I'm inputting. I'm directly uh, involved in the progression of the story which is immersion like i'm turning pages in a book that's fine and i'm diving in that way but going up to each character having that agency that that makes fantasy for me and that makes this this the what this medium is is um is so is so adept at and and what i frankly feel it's unrivaled at and and i sense that right off the bat like just like is within within moments of starting the game I, i could tell uh that this was coming from your heart justin yeah, I mean, it's just, this is something that grew out of love. Like I said, again, it started kind of as like, oh, I just want to learn how to, you know, make this, use this tool because um, the, at the time I wasn't, I wasn't like trapped for cash or anything like that. It was just like, you know, what can I convince my wife would be an okay amount for me to spend on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was like, I could shoot for three grand, but there's no way that she's going to be okay with that because then I could have built something using uh, bigger tools like the Unreal uh, Unreal Engine or using Unity and uh, and those are obviously those are uh, created platform games too. Like you know, huge AAA you know titles have used those type of engines. But I was like, it'd probably be easier to sell her on a you know thousand dollar laptop, and then I could easily run this RPG maker, which is sort of a you know pays homage to the original RPGs that I used to play all the time, like Legend of Mana. Um, you know, and even though that was more of an action adventure game, but it was all we you know I appreciated. Uh, you know, uh, Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. and all the Final Fantasy games. I was, I was just a Square Enix whore. That's pretty much what oh, it was. Oh, same, yeah. And, and um, <laughs> uh, do you mean Secret of Mana? That one there? The, uh, yeah. Right, that Yeah, is. absolutely. No, and, and, and then <laughs> I totally agree, man. And with the Zelda as well, I kind of wove into that. But my, I, I, definitely played more final fantasies than zelda i i uh, by the way i just we we need to see a breath of the wild kind of scope of 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 a game that is about uh, maybe if even if like let's say we sat down with jd from the sword and say look um we're 
Lord of the Studios, we kind of came together with this endeavor of wanting to really like tap into this uh, like uh, untrodden and and um, you know like untouched uh, um, kind of frontier of, of, of games. And what what you I don't know if you and I'd be telling addressing JD directly, be like I don't know if you're aware, but across all this lyricism that you've given us in the past five six albums, you can go through that like a list, and you can just find oh this is a character, this is a location, this is a plot twist, this is and I would just sit down with you and just say look let's adapt the sword into it like maybe, maybe don't even go album by album but you could do that and you could do the same with mastodon you could do the same with metallica you could do the same i think motorhead they even had that after lemmy passed away they had that tribute game there but again it's all small scale and i i know that this is worthy i know that especially with creators as like um as uh you know coming from the place emotionally uh, and and from that earnestness and this uh this this understanding of the whole of the whole entirety of 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 the of why something is worth doing as you have is in a very erudite and and um uh and and well-spoken way that you've that you articulated here justin like that's who i want to see creating these titles like that's who i want to see like um starting this uh or or continuing this the uh, this um uh this development of this subgenre. so it just it's really exciting times man for sure Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, and, I, and like, like I said, I, I'd love to take up that mantle, but I, you know, there are other things that I, you know, in the forefront, uh, you know, that I've that I've always wanted to develop too. I mean, like other than just like album concept arts, because I mean, it'd be yeah. great to, um, you know. And this is another sort of like throwback to my high school years. I was a big fan of My Chemical Romance, and I loved the Black uh, Black Parade just because that album mm -hmm. uh, was was just beautiful it was like breathtaking from the moment you listen to it to the end and um and you know again it's very kind of new age kind of almost email music but that to me it doesn't matter what category it was it was just what about the narrative that was told and it was just a beautiful narrative about um you know about life and death itself and it was just great um but you know again there are like other ideas that i have uh recently i had a, a horror game um inspired from um uh in 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 the regards to like resident evil seven, um, as well as, uh, Oh goodness. What's the game? Um, <laughs> until dawn, sorry. Oh, until yeah, dawn. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. Awesome. Beautiful cinematic, just horror movie. And what I was thinking of in the sort of in that vein was this, uh, retelling of the Salem witch trials, um, where, um, you would, you would be part of this town that is, you know, with a, you know, there's a lady that's sort of chained to a rock that she's carrying. It's a giant boulder, and she's struggling to carry it and pick it up. Everyone behind her is following back, and there's like a preacher that's standing in front of this mob, and they're walking her to this lake to toss this rock into because she's been accused and yeah. tried of witchcraft. And she throws this rock in, and you know, everyone you know leaves thinking they've you know made a mistake. And the priest does the uh, you know the symbolic cross to obviously you know bless her into the next life. And then all of a sudden, everyone's torches goes out, and um, the the lake starts to glow and all of a sudden she just explodes from this lake and then you and like six others are like running through this forest and trying to find safety and you find yourself in this house and for whatever reason she doesn't actually come in and she wants to because uh you know of the way that she is she terrorizes you through in the house so like there are just ideas in my head Whoa, of like buddy oh uh, my god again this is so great because with copyright stuff it's like it's like when this publishes it's like that's it we have it on paper if anyone tries to fuck with that it's like the last <laughs> answer to me all right you know i was in the army i know how to fuck someone up okay oi oi albert getting so violent but yeah i love that idea um i i've become immediately <laughs> protective over it and i want that to come i want that to to be developed buddy absolutely <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
uh, and then uh, from, uh, another love of mine from a young age was uh, Hayao Miyazaki's films. I mean, they're remarkable. I love the idea of nature and like the beauty and the innocence and the naive nature um, that comes from you know Mother Earth and like just loving you know and supporting. And I'm, I'm not a very I wouldn't say that I, I'm the most green greenest person that I possibly could be. Obviously, there's always things that I could do that to make myself a little bit more to that that point but i love the idea of that celebrating nature and celebrating you know humanity and peace and love with one another and not trying to exploit it for personal gains has always stuck with me and the, the idea that violence and and war it you know just corrupts human beings and i loved loved the princess mononoke story so much so connected with um, that straight away absolutely yeah definitely it was it was remarkable. Like the artwork was great, but just the story and the music and everything just developed. Like I remember going to Blockbuster and renting that copy and renting that copy and renting that copy. And I was that asshole that never let it like slip <laughs> out of his fingers because I just couldn't put it down. I'd watched it. I've watched it hundreds of times. Mm. Um, like that is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, the never ending story was always one of my favorite movies. Um, and, and so what I want to do is create another video game sort of inspired by Miyazaki's love of nature and peace and his, uh, his, you know, his personal philosophy of being a pacifist. I wanted to create this video game where it doesn't celebrate war. It doesn't celebrate killing or violence or things of that nature. Like I wanted to tell a story where the, I let the, 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 the player, make those decisions now this is something that be far out into the future before like i could develop this because this would probably require a team because it takes so much time but this one would be more of centered around here's this character you are developing this character you can choose a path that leads completely in a pacifist way and you'll go through struggles and tribulations in your own way without ever having to lift a sword or lift a you know lift your finger to cause anyone harm um and you have to make those hard decisions um and then you could go the path is more of the roroni kenshin style where you're making your way through this path and you only bring out your sword or your weapon to defend those uh who are weak and oppressed and things of that nature but your ultimate goal is that you don't harbor hate or you don't want to start war and then the other character uh sort of set you can make your way through the path sort of being that person that's exploiting the world that's you know seeing the 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 sort of and i want to tell it from the standpoint of um this agrarian nature uh being transformed by technology and going through uh uh different structures coming about um you know mining and everything else and people were uh siphoning from the earth um these gifts um and doing it in such a way to obviously profit and pollute and everything else and then you could take that path and you can be sort of the warmonger and you can but i wanted to tell a different story i wanted to web i want this like the actual decisions that someone has to make in those games will be difficult ones because i don't want them to be easy i want them to resonate within the 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 player i want them to feel what this person feels because that's that's the beauty of the video game i want them to understand that their choices will matter and yeah. if they choose to sort of go the way where you are you slay people and that those consequences you'll see replicated in the fact that you sometime during you know that campaign you'll run across the uh run across the you know the the, the wife and the child that was left fatherless because of your act actions or how you've stepped over people to to create this greed in this uh, this thing where you've left people without any money and now they're begging on the streets because they've been thrown out of their homes um you know and i want to tell the story from the pacifists that because you know they didn't choose to save this person or lift a finger in this regard um you know that because of their actions you know someone lost a loved one yeah. and i i want these storylines to be 
hurtful in a way and not really hurtful but i want them to be enjoyed in sort of an almost you know tearing at your emotions and breaking down walls like that fourth wall that a lot of mediums can't break through but i want this one to resonate with somebody and say oh my god this made me feel something that truly like elicits yeah. like all these different emotions that i never would have con you know never would have stepped out of my own shadow mm -hmm. to to address like how would i have handled this situation because i don't want them to feel like they're playing you know a character. I want them to be that person. I don't want them to be a character. I want them to address sort of the the darkest parts of the human society. Like, do I want to be that person because I'm sort of safe behind these walls and make those hard decisions mm. um, where it comes to crime, you know, drugs, rape, murder, things of that nature, war. And I want that all to be symbolized in this one game. But again, this one, which I'm very passionate about, um, again, started from sort of a flicker in my own head, just driving one day, uh, listening to something, I'm not sure, but just hit me. And I was like, oh my God, I need this to see would it. be great. Yeah, I yeah. need to see that happen. And I have a formula for you. So you have, you take Witcher 3, you take a base genome of Witcher 3. And what you want to do is you want to add in a bit of Neverending Story and a little bit of Princess Mononoke in terms of the setting and the energy. And uh, I, I, I've, as you were describing it, I was playing it. It was like in my mind, I I could absolutely connect with with that kind of story that you that you want to tell there. And and for example, like that's something that like I consider this to be like you know like a, a little teaser because this will I already know that that this is actually going to happen definitely. And and I I really yeah I want to do it as much as I can to to help connect you with people to be able to eventually get that one um get that one made, man. And then, um, thank you very and, much. And then give you a massive hug and high five at the TGA Awards 2025. <laughs> right, right. I'll share. Uh, I'll share a glass of ale, and we'll 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 uh, you know finally meet up as friends. I'm sure we'll meet up before then. Yeah. This, yeah. This, our just... meeting was not brought together just to say you know Skype only. We'll we'll eventually meet one way <laughs> oh, or the yeah. other. Either Absolutely. you're coming to the United States and we're going to a sword show, or I'm coming to Australia and then yes. we'll see a sword show one my, of the way. My man, exactly. Yeah. I, I have a I have a plan um for 2020 because I want to see um uh like uh, there's the i think yeah, i'm following the development of like avatar and the, the sequel's going to come out there so that's premiering there i figured i'd make a big hoopla of coming in 2020 um there could be a thing earlier than that but it's it's gonna happen man for sure um i, I have a couple of notes while i was um hearing you uh discuss uh your plans for the future um i had brutal legend that i wanted to talk about and then i wanted to quickly add a little easter egg to listeners who obviously you know game of thrones has become what it has today with hbo and everything the ninth um, season eight final season was just announced to premiere um in 2019 so um again you, you know you say game of thrones it means a certain thing now that it's like oh yeah with amelia clark and um uh, khaleesi and and people are naming their babies khaleesi but justin and i and i'm sure many of you listeners and maybe even a few listeners that don't know about this but it really wasn't um, what it was, what it is now. Um, Game of Thrones was uh, just another uh, series. It was very, very well loved um, among, uh, you know, like fantasy novel loving crowds, you know, with uh, like, for example, um, you know, there's Jack Chalker, there's, there's other kind of uh, fantasy artists that, um, you know, you can actually name drop a few if you want, um, Justin, the people that uh, um, JD has said that he's been inspired by, but for whatever reason, um, actually, no, that's, that's a bit um, kind of uh, going a bit like facetious there, not for whatever reason, for a very clear and obvious reason of this series being as beautifully written as it was and as timelessly written and as differently written to think something like Tolkien 
broken as it was, it connected with creatives far be, far before you know HBO. Um, that sort of thing ever happened there with um, uh, W. B. Weiss and, and uh, D. B. Weiss and uh, David Benioff. And before then, um, in 2008, an album came out by this little band called The Sword <laughs> that had a song on it called "To Take the Black." editing this episode man i can't wait it's gonna be so because anytime we drop a song anytime you drop a reference i'm gonna put in a soundbite simple as that nice all right fantastic get that right do you watch um, tim and eric by the way i want to get wet with you <laughs> listen carol i'm a married man but i want you i'll give you a son I can use protection, but I'm very small. <laughs> you get it? Listen, I can't maintain an erection, but I can. <laughs> I perform oral on you, okay? Yes, sir. I'm gonna do it slow. It's gonna take all night. And I don't ask for anything in return. I've got no hair downstairs. Okay? My nuts are about as bald as my head. Get it? I don't actually. I don't know why I don't. I just like it's so I'm good. S- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you have to have like a big marathon uh, of that because, like, I have the Cinco products playlist. Um, they're basically like nightmare uh, infomercials. What's the matter, Kent? The fork. It's too dangerous. You're gonna poke yourself with that thing. Well, how else am I going to eat my food? Simple. Use a Cinco food tube. Cinco food tube. The new and easy way to eat restaurant food. It's easy. First your teeth are removed to make way for the form-fitting tube. You don't want your pearly whites getting in the way of the tube. Hold on a second, Kent. You've got a beautiful set of chompers in your mouth. Wonderful pearls. <laughs> These are dentures. Didn't hurt a bit when they pulled my teeth out. Then the tube is fitted into your mouth and throat. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 
They have to cut it to size so that it reaches right into your stomach. Ah, right on time! Now, your table is hold to make way for the tube and the food processing chamber. Make sure the holes are all lined up. Now, the food is placed in the food processing chamber where it is mixed in the softening cream. The food processing chamber has a high-speed blender built in. Sounds like the softening cream has a partner in crime, huh? You said it, Rudy. Next, you gotta numb them gums with Novocaine, or you're gonna feel that harsh tube against your gums. Now all you have to do is slink that food tube into your mouth. See, I'm already finished with my meal. Wow, what a great tube. It sounds like the plan for me. Mimi, I'm a tube man. I want to be a food tuber too. Well, you can with a single food tube system. It's like, of like, make sure to wear your D pants, you know, diarrhea proof pants. You know, it's, a, it's <laughs> all these extremely like surreal and, and they're all these like incredibly like they went on to have great acting like careers. You know, Bob Odenkirk from uh, Better Call Saul, like he's, you know, he's in a Spielberg movie now, The Post, right? Um, right. So he's really, you know, shifted, shifted gears from his early because he was in Tim and Eric. That's how like that was one of his main gigs, you know, and obviously with Mr. Show with David Cross, um, that, uh, that, that kind of comedy series there but yeah man tim and eric non sequitur you know um stream of consciousness like free association really great really great i would definitely recommend it um you, i'm assuming you've uh, watched aquatine hunger force this is a shard of legends smith from iron ore crafted from liquid magma by one of the three demons satan's slaves in the mind of a volcano. Volcanoes have minds? Some do, yeah. I had no idea volcanoes were self-aware. This one was. Look, don't interrupt. I'm losing momentum here. Okay. Anyway, Demon One, his name was uh, Uno. And his brothers was named Yahtzee and Bago. They were selected to guard the shirt with their lives from me. You were alive back then? I was, yes, I was. I thought you were like in your 40s. 40,000. Million. Damn, son! Look, let's go with this. No, no interruptions, please. Right on, man. You know, at that time, you, you, there wasn't no such thing as a shirt, you know. We barely had enough mammoth fur to cover our junk. But we liked it that way, because it allowed me to showcase my lats, my traps, and plus, the women. I mean, seriously, it's like they're all strippers. Strippers everywhere? Yeah, and plus, uh, dragons, too. Dragon strippers? Holy smokes! I know, right? I saw that shirt, I said, I want that. I rode up the volcano on my, uh, you know, mythical... It was, uh, you know what... One-Eyed Wonder World? That, yeah, that's why I was riding. I've heard you talk about it before. So Yahtzee looks up and he comes at me with a bass solo. Oh man, shouldn't have done that. Cause I ripped the axe from his broad fingers and I swiftly beheaded him. All this, and I still continued the bass solo from, uh, is it like a Getty Lee deep cut? The moving pictures, maybe it was YYZ, I don't know. I didn't miss a note, I know that. Bago looks up at me from his drum kit and he goes, You don't kill my brother. He said something cooler than that. That was the gist of it. Yeah, he regretted the day I come to the interplanetary insanitarium. So then Uno sees this, right? 
and he aims all his amps at me and he tries to bring the thunder. But I got earplugs in and it ain't no match for me. I got my junk ready, full on, in chub mode. And reflects the thunder back at him. And it explodes his face and it melts it off. So I wore this shirt and I ruled the interplanetary and sanitarium for a thousand years like a god. My name? The Gorn Lord. So this is you on this shirt? I lost a little up top since then. My point is, a thousand years have passed. And I must pass this shirt down to a new warrior king. A new Gorn Lord. Who will rule the kingdom of Hair Meadow Mountain as the mighty god of rock? I have, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's left unread in this country, god damn you. <laughs> I just love it. I can't do any of the voices, but I, I have a, no. an abiding passion for Aquatine for its absurdism. Um, yeah, so yeah, but anyway, I wanted to mention, yeah, so we went to... Um, we're just talking about brutal legend because um, that gives us something so brutal legend broke through uh it's from this creator you know uh tim schaefer um you know who made uh psychonauts and um day of the tentacle uh you know and so many others you know that are really well loved now and in fact getting lots of remakes now on ps4 um i wanted to talk about your thoughts on what brutal legend got right as a music game and what it could have done better um in your opinion so go right ahead I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. Go for I it. never played it. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Did you see any I know. gameplay videos? I, you know, I I always thought it was kind of too much of a joke. Like, that's oh. the reason I never played it. I mean, like, to me, when I saw the, you know, and I believe it was voiced by, was it? Um, Black. Jack Black. Yeah. That's right. Like, he's sort of like the hero of the game, essentially, so to speak. Like, he's the 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 voice of the hero, and, and yeah. he becomes, he was modeled after that. Yeah, so, like, I... I unfortunately I never played it because it just seemed like it was too much of a joke, and I loved loved music for for the purism, and I just felt like I was just like, was well, this camping. is sort of like it was blasphemy, and I, yeah, I became and I just never looked into it, and uh, I heard the rumor that there was going to be a second brutal legend, and and I'll probably get a, an email um, from Jack Black just saying that I'm a complete <laughs> utter tool and poser, um, oh, man, and, and he would be right. Uh, no, no, but I think even Jack Black just... said that like it took a direction, you know. It, that's why it didn't sort of like break through into obviously like sequels and developing into the wider IP that I really felt for a long time. That it's like, oh wow, we it's creating this mythology. Like Tim Schafer really went, you know, all the way with like you know Tim Curry as the kind of overarching villain and like the the ancient like forges, you know, and and talking about the sort of history of this metal world. And I got really wrapped up in that. But there, even he would say, and even Tim would say, like they went down that RTS angle from a gameplay point of view. It didn't really sort of gel uh with that like in terms of the sort of third third person kind of exploration kind of thing but i can i can assure you man um if you were to sit down and play it yes you would encounter some of this kind of hammy corniness but again mm. i would i would put you and tim schaefer in the same bracket of like super earnest creators who really get to the core um and into the heart of why they love games and why they make these stories um because in every sequence of that game, I, I can see, I can just see it in my mind's eye, like little Tim, you know, on the bus saying that like he used to listen to metal, like in, in his CD player on the bus or his t cassette player and, and like imagining, oh gosh, if I could like go to these worlds that Judas Priest sings about or, or Manowar sings about or Metallica or Black Sabbath. And if I could experience that and I saw like there's, there's a bit of shared, there's like just by definition shared DNA between Burial's Legacy and, and, and Brutal Legend there. But I, definitely would um recommend you to do it man I, I really would i think you'd really love it 
And I totally agree. I mean, just looking at the uh, the Wikipedia right now, I'm just like, man, why did I let this game get out of my <laughs> out of my scope? Like, what was I doing in 2009 when this came out? I was like, yeah. what, what, what held me back? And You're I, doing I can't all those even, crazy I'd drugs. Probably Skyrim, like you, uh, probably you, all the crazy drugs. All yeah. the crazy drugs in the rehab. You remember? You forgot about it? You forgot? It was well, it was college, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for <laughs> Got to do everything in college. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I it was probably probably around the time that's. I want to say Skyrim maybe came out, but maybe um, maybe Skyrim came out a little bit later uh, than 20, that. 2011 I'm, was Skyrim, but yeah, no, I know. Uh, what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Some, it just escaped me, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I didn't even own a PlayStation Three at that time, or um, or an Xbox. Because I will tell you right now, and I hope Microsoft is not a sponsor of yours, because those <laughs> bastards uh, sold me three <laughs> Xbox 360s that red ringed, and so I've sworn off all Xbox uh, consoles for forever. And I just had such a bad taste in my mouth, yeah. um, even when I was doing the recording for. Uh, my first, my first ever um, podcast that I was on, um, <laughs> I guess they, they described it as I, I made uh, Bill Gates sound like a 19, uh, 1930s gangster because I was like, uh, <laughs> I got because they because uh, I'd call them and the people on, on the internet be like, well, you see, you're past the you're past the express rate, uh, the expiration date of your warranty. You see, okay. there's no. Uh, yeah, you're going to say, you know, you're, you're not going to get your uh, money back. Yeah, you're going to have to pay us for the money to to fix your Xbox. Why? Sorry about that, why? <laughs> why I oughta? Yeah, but you can't. You won't. You won't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you can't. You, you you can't. You won't. You never will. <laughs> uh, transatlantic villains, you know, nondescript right. 1930s people. Um, I'm I'm ter- I'm terribly sorry to hear of your experiences with uh, Microsoft Man. I hope that uh, that definitely improves. I mean. Again, you know, we don't. It was uh, going to remedy with uh, with uh, Scalebound, but unfortunately, when that got shut down, because oh, I was like, oh, we have a rule I was on this be... podcast. You do not mention oh. that game because it makes me cry. I, I know. was. It was like I was like, wow, could this be Xbox looking at an oh, original was... IP and like stepping back into something that makes me want? Like I wanted that console. Like I genuinely was like, I I need to like Scalebound, man. I need to play this, and it's like. They just pirouetted away from that, like this promise of originality, uh, you know, left by the wayside. It honestly, it it, de- it kind of devastated because, like that, like that game when I saw it, it was like it resonates with me. Like I want to play this game. It looks amazing. I, I could only imagine what this the developers were going through to make this because it was a brand new IP for them. And I was like, this will be wonderful. And I don't know if there was a shortage of funds or you know Microsoft just pulled the plug. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? Like why? Why so with the console along. that's yeah, it looked like really right. far along, didn't it? Yeah, go ahead. it did. And I was just gonna say, I mean, like with a with a console that's struggling for IPs, like why would you pull the plug on something that you know potentially could have, you know, been sort of your saving grace, or like could have been like a, a step in the direction for developers, yeah. uh, because it few and far between have come out for Xbox versus for the PlayStation. I mean, the PlayStation's crushing it. Um, yeah. Crushing it, sorry. <laughs> crushing it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Also, the way and, you said you said you were devastated in Australia, we say devo. Oh man, I was so devo. Oh, well, because <laughs> you said it devastated you that uh, you know Scalebound no. was cancelled. Just giving you some lingo, man, so that when you come here, you don't you can fit in. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, gonna talk a little bit more about Scalebound. Can cancelled game and make us um, lose hope in an entire console and a company. Uh, just uh, you know, completely failing as a company. Uh. Yeah, I just. <laughs> 
Why? Why? Why you make me do Stewie voice? <laughs> I, I apologize. I mean, granted, it was it was no, brilliant just... when I heard it. I think either in the second episode when you were doing it, yeah. um, oh, just because you were talking about the the glory. It was the first episode or second episode, but it was like the the how you wish that um, the Seth MacFarlane would make a video game, and yeah. it, it's it's a shame that he hasn't. I mean, you know, I think maybe it's in the near future because uh, I know they've got a couple of the mobile games right now hmm. um, where it combines some of that that. Funimation or whatever that Fox likes to claim it is, um, but yeah. cool. you know, I, I mean, South Park came out with two great video games, like the Stick of Truth and the Fractured Butthole, mm. are sensational. Like they, I, it's like playing a, a thirteen-hour South Park game. I would love to play a thirteen-hour Family game. Like we, that would we just need be great. To, oh, absolutely. I think that'll probably happen. Like, but even more than that, man, I, I gotta say, uh, right after Barrel's Legacy, wanting to see it come into true fr- fruition, I, I need to see um, Apollo Gauntlet, the game. I am gonna shamelessly plug this this story. Do you know about Apollo Gauntlet, my friend Justin? Oh no, that kind of girl. Come to me, stranger. Your bones will litter the earth. <laughs> Let's just take care of this real quick. Eight seconds. Who is it? Oh no, he's, he isn't gonna do it, is he? He's gonna do his patented pile driver move. Oh, he did it. He, what is he doing? Is he gonna do it again? He is. He is. Oh. Now bodies strewn all over the battlefield because that's what happens when cactus attacked us. Apollo, it shall be news out of the apocalypse. Well, I think I'm gonna hit her. You have won this time, hero. But we will meet again. Um, I've disengaged this conversation, okay? No! What, 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 what? Excuse me, do you know where a town called Dundrum is? It's just over those dunes over there. Okay, well thanks. So what's up? Well, I used to own a blacksmithing shop, but these two evil brothers took it away from me. Wait a second, is one of them a big bald dude with red hair and a beard? Yeah, that's the guy. It's okay, I'm gonna hang a major looking on that guy anyway. He gave me a bum map into danger. Well, I don't know about that. Come on, let's go get your shop back. Are you hungry? Hmm? Oh no, I just was wondering if you wanted a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> did, did you beat up the old guy that used to own this shop? Dude was like 94, bro. That ain't cool. Ooh, they're careful. You're gonna take my block off. I'll take you guys down. <laughs> What happens when you throw down with the big boys? And he's out! Hey, wait a minute. Didn't he say there was two guys? Oh, I get it. Trying to sneak up on me, huh? Hey, let's just, uh... Let's just stand here for a minute. Whoa. I just had a vision of the future. Really? It was about you. Well, what was it? You were lying on the ground, only you didn't have any arms or, or legs. Oh no. And there was feces 
There's feces and bugs all over you. No, vultures were eating your your eyes and your genitals. Oh no. And, and you were Oh, you were still alive. Oh no, no. I am just kidding, man. You know that vision I described? That that was real. Faux show. <laughs> but uh yeah, maybe don't mention it to him, you know? And he can enjoy his final days as a petty criminal. Because that's, uh, whew. I don't. So Apollo Gauntlet is the story of a Canadian cop uh, who is a very unique character, let's just put it that way. Um, he was created by Miles Langlois, who is a Canadian uh, animator and creator and, like, just, you know, multidisciplinary like he just did everything with the show similar to you with um, Barrel's Legacy um, I'll definitely be cutting to clips throughout this because uh, <laughs> I I resonate with that show so much so what it is it's say you just take He-Man and like instead of when He-Man is confronted by a giant monster instead of being like I will defeat you he like he immediately just rolls into just conversation he just says <coughs> he'll just talk about like he'll just drop like references to like 70s TV shows and just be like ah oh, looks like you're getting a little bit angry there oh maybe you should <laughs> try and cam- cam- calm yourself down a little bit yeah maybe maybe you try and be a little bit more responsible with yourself huh Huh? And just like really, just really like quietly spoken, um, again, just like Tim and Eric, like non sequitur, you know, uh, stream of consciousness, free association, all that. But the greatest thing is when he like is jumping on the back of a troll and like, and then I'm going to lift you up and then I'm going to throw you down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he'll adapt certain like pop culture things into his situation and, um, I just, I need to see a game based on that guy. Because it's, by the way, like, Scalebound was going to be that. Like, he was a guy whisked away from, you know, modern society. Like, he had those, you know, uh, earphones. You know, he was listening to the prodigy of all songs. Like, and I had just gotten to that album, like, uh, The Day Is My Enemy. Like, and a song from The Day Is My Enemy coming out of the speakers of this guy, you know, on this dragon. I was like, that is truly imaginative. It would have really, I think, like, Alternate Universe, you know, uh, where Scalebound is still coming out, like a huge conversation would be shaping around. Oh wow, has Microsoft finally started to let original IPs back in? You know, like that's so important. But um, but whatever, you know, we'll see how their priorities plan out. Um, what console actually do you have? What uh, sort of setup do you have there, Justin? Uh, so I uh, I so I have a PlayStation Four. Uh, I recently got the the VR goggles, but I got them just specifically for Skyrim. So like I went out. Bought the VR goggles for Skyrim, got crazy motion sickness, and I was like, well, I'm going to have to give this about a couple years before the technology's there completely, and then I'll try it again. But So I took that back, and then for Christmas, my wife ended up getting me the Switch, and I was yeah. so stoked. Oh, man, I stepped away. Okay, so we'd open up gifts Christmas morning, um, and... You know, I stepped away for a moment, and I came back into the living room, and there, and we'd opened up all of our gifts, and there were still two more sitting where I was sitting on the couch, and I just knew, and I'd hinted at it. So the way that I hinted at it to my wife for the last three months was, "Hey, babe, have you seen uh seen the trailer for that new movie Switch starring Zelda? Ah, <laughs> uh, not the one starring Mario. I know that's a common misconception, but the one starring Zelda." Yeah, that's, uh, that's I really want to see that. So I was, I literally was saying that verbatim for like three months. And, and I was like, uh, I don't think she's going to get the hint. Like, I'll know, you know, I'll have to, you know, 
you know, save up some money and, and purchase of my own or whatever. Uh, and then lo and behold, I walk back to the, to our couches no. and they're sitting there just perfectly wrapped. Um, and I just knew just from the box yeah. what it was. And, and she's like, it could be a pair of shoes. I was like, it's not though. It's the switch. That's so and, adorable uh, that she was like trying to egg you on and like, Oh no, it could be, could be shoes. Oh, speaking of the switch, man, it just eclipsed the PS4 and also the Wii uh, historically as the highest, uh, you know, like um like high selling a console in, in the US, which is fantastic. That's that's amazing. I think PS2 still holds the title. Ah uh, yes. Um for overall worldwide, but uh but I, I can see the Switch doing that. I mean just like everybody who's anybody is talking about the Switch right now and just like the amazing things that like I uh, that uh that Nintendo has released already for it. I mean it's kinda almost like holy shit, like like who would have thought they would have released such great console games yeah. within the first year. Like normally you get like Maybe you'll get one, maybe you'll get two, but like there's just so many great games that have came out for the Switch. It just came out earlier this past year. I mean, we're not even into a, a year year of the Switch yet. It's only been like eight like, months or something. Right. It's it's mind blowing and it's 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 wonderful. The experiences are great. Um I just can't I'm excited to see more of the IPs that will come uh to the Switch and every game that I get, I'm just like, Man, why didn't they make a mobile version of this for the Switch? It's like I would play this I'd far but far far more prefer to play this on the Switch than uh than on the PlayStation. And then not to doubt uh you know, not to dump on the the, the PlayStation because I love it. That's like yeah. my other world. Absolutely. Um but man, the switch is just fantastic. I'm yeah. love it for the just the versatility of it. I mean, it's a it's a handheld console. I mean, we've been wanting for one of those for God knows how long, and it's pretty much everything the Vita was not. And I love the Vita because the Vita gave me great experience with uh, Persona Four Golden, yeah. Uh, which uh, yeah, that game is just I love the Persona uh, series in general. Oh, but like so that game much was to talk about there because I I really oh. dig, I dig that as well. I actually wanted to say you know. Um, building on your what you're saying about like how the exposure of the switch and like how it's gotten to where it is now and what it's done differently to handholds I think um, what is very very uh, deft and I think super intuitive and and forward thinking of like uh, a Nintendo sort of PR and, and like just also the, the features of the console itself was to take this approach of hybrid like calling it a hybrid you know I don't really I wouldn't consider myself like a full-on marketer but I'm familiar and like my girlfriend and I talk about this all the time Ray um, she and I talk about, um, you know, subliminal marketing and um, how there are certain words that just you just need to be honest about like the stigma that they carry and the associations that they carry. So handheld, unfortunately, has this stigma of and and this um, association and connotation of uh, oh, like just looking down and like a, a child would play like Pokemon and like that's you know and it's niche and and it's sort of within that um, within that kind of. Uh, thing culturally of like oh it's the kid who is you know on his on his little game and it's like you know how it, when we were young um it was always oh look at you playing your little game and they would use that word little as as a diminutive right. and as as a you know as, yeah like as an insult really or or just something or as a, as a pejorative you know um and so taking this approach with the you know first trailer when it came out in march uh, last year um of like this is just people going about their day like this is people being healthy going you know walking the dog ha having parties all of this emphasis on sharing and emphasis on that this isn't a handheld it is a like it and so that is something that the walls and the walls of prejudice and the walls of assumption and the walls of uh you know uh, yeah just like assumed assumed knowledge those fell down because people weren't able to say oh well this isn't a handheld this is something totally different this is um something that I can take with me. And a lot of people now, uh, you know, um, 
to try and you know the effort of going greener uh, as as we talked about earlier with Miyazaki like to um to go like less cars and stuff and like taking public transport more so that goes in line with that environmental angle too of like well just jump on the bus like play switch on the bus for 40 minutes you know and right. you know what i mean and and you get to slide straight into that and oh and guess what on your lunch break you can play switch right and then right. You, guess what oh my god you can play switch on the way home and then when you get home you can play switch you know <laughs> it's it's a, a really really great idea because and then you, you know you slot it into the dock and, and then away you go so um i'm actually by the way, Justin, um, there's going to be a, a direct soon. Uh, apparently, a E3 level uh, Nintendo direct. Really? Yes, my friend. And a lot of people are speculating that it'll be the full reveal of Metroid Four. Oh, that will be glorious. It certainly will. That's right. Um, listeners, uh, we've kind of gone a little bit completely off the rails, which I love so much because, again, you know, I say this in the other shows. I have this. We have this sort of loose structured approach where we kind of. Um, you know, just take the tangents that we will because we want things to flow naturally. I'm not like a, <laughs> a podcast dictator of like segments and stuff. And we don't do like, for example, <laughs> what, yeah, like kind of funny, they sort of segment their things into, you know, so that they can publish them and maybe down the line, we'll do that to sort of focus conversations more. But at this stage, it's, um, I feel it's great. And even if we do do the whole time stamping thing and keeping them focused, the emphasis is on just like nat- natural exchanges as though, and I really do feel essentially that you're just like in the room with me, man. Like that's the kind of vibe that I've felt pretty much since like uh, first connecting with you dude um speaking right. speaking of uh, first connections um i want to get your first connection with the sword when what year what was it when did you first encounter it and this thing that again went on to eventually make barrels legacy but when was what was that first in, um, meeting point for you so like i said earlier it was it really doubles back to like when i was uh when i play um Guitar Hero too, uh, was Freya, yeah. and then that was the song that really got me into the the sword, oh. and I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. But it was about 2010, and I think at that point um, they had had three albums, or they were they were either they had either released three albums, or they were on to, uh, or they had just released two, and they were about to release their third album, um, which you know again I just fell in love with all of their music. Yeah, so looking back here, their third album, which was Warp Riders. Oh my god. Uh, no. 2010. Wait a second, we just need to take a moment. You know, tears like the the night the sky cried tears of fire. That is a story oh, that JD, my God. JD has. Re- he wrote that story. It is a story that exists. JD, if you're listening, Kyle Shutt, if you're listening, even freaking Trivet Wingo, if you're listening, Every- Brian Ritchie, if you're listening, Santiago, the drummer. Honestly, make that into either a novel or just get in contact with Justin. Get together, make the damn game because we need that 
as a multimedia project, we need, I want to see Wolf Riders or The Night the Sky Cried Tears of Fire, the game. I need to see the board game. I need to see merch. I need to see, I want a figurine of Aerith, you know, with like detachable, amazing, you know, like a bow and arrow and stuff. You know, I need to see, I need a collector's sideshow edition figure of the Chronomancer. I need a diorama of, of the Nightlands. Like it is so untapped. Like Justin, could you say the same for you and Wolf Riders? Oh my god, it's just, it, that album itself is just, there's so much, I mean, literally it has my all-time favorite sword song, which is Lawless Lands, which is really the derivative of Lawless Studios, if that does come about, thanks to your brilliant words. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you have uh, Trace Bruras, which is just a reference to the Three Witches of Fate, and it, it, that song is amazing. Uh, my favorite lyric is, uh, the first, the first uh, will love you, the second will deceive you, and the third will show you the way. That plays an impact on the actual game itself. There's a po uh, point in the very beginning of the game that I'm planning on making where you will be greeted by the three oh witches of fate. Oh my god. Um, sort of sort of as uh, Rast. Rast will, okay, so Rast is going to be like your Gandalf. He's your Yoda, okay? Yes. He is what gets you and brings you into this world. Um, and, and I'll explain a little bit more of Burial's backstory, um, and then I may spoil some of the game or all the game. It just depends on what you want to hear. Right. But the idea is that Rast is... Like, like I said, it's his Gandalf. He is the, the Gandalf to the Frodo, essentially. Yeah. And he is leading Burial, and he has to go through this this cave of the three witches. And, the, and these witches, he touches this orb, and then he's immediately transported to these three different realities that he has to sort of conquer. And, um, and that oh, song brilliant. itself is... Yeah, is, is replicated in that. So there's the scene of love, then there's the scene of deception, and then there's this final scene of showing him his way. Um, uh, and it's just, oh, it's so good. And so that's what I've just been dreaming of. And then um, uh, oh, just gosh. Arrows in the Dark is so great. And then Night City is actually inspiration for the final chapter in the entire game um, because... Uh, and I don't want to spoil too much. I don't know if you want me to, but it's just no, that's like fine. Yeah, I mean, if people, if people, um, you know, want to obviously um, be careful with like wanting to play the the, the, the finished title like uh, unspoiled. Like um, again, just as is the case, I'm sure you do with the, when you listen to podcasts, you just skip forward a couple minutes and you just sort of get clear of that. And so here's like an official spoiler warning. <laughs> Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So I'm, I will spoil the game, and I'll start from the beginning, so that way it's not told in sections. So the beginning of the game is you are very much like, think of it kind of like Ash when you're playing Pokemon. Like, you start off in this very small town, your mother raises you, and then all of a sudden, much like Gandalf coming into uh, the Shire, uh, Rast appears. And Rast is actually coming to inform you that your father, uh, who has been, you know, missing from your life for the last ten years or so, um has passed okay. and so rast rast uh has come to sort of take burial to assume his father's uh position and through rast uh burial learns that his his sort of purpose in life is he is part of uh, a lineage of sort of demon slayers oh, 
and uh, Slayers of the Spider Priest. Oh my God! Sorry. Yes, and, and uh, uh, Slayer of the Demon Lord, uh, yeah. Spiller of the Silver Blood. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. It's yes. Fantastic. So, so the idea is that uh, Burial's destiny is to sort of assume the mantle of his father, and at first he rejects it. He says, "No, this can't be. This isn't my life. This isn't who I am. This isn't what I want to do." You know, and and again, you kind of see that jovial. Um, you know, ladies' man kind of aspect that I want Burial to sort of represent. Um, in the beginning of the town, there'll be like a small little cut scene where he's like kind of hamming it up with the ladies, and and then again, like there's the bell tone, and there's you know the Rast uh, comes into town, and he breaks the the sort of Burial's world completely on its head because Burial's thinking, oh my life is just going to be fun. It's got to be. Gotta be sit around with my mates, drink beer, you know, have a great time with these, these women. And I'm going to live my life to the fullest and enjoy every second of it. But now rest has come to sort of, you know, shatter that expectation of no, you're actually more of a guardian of peace for this world. And you're here to conquer the evil and your father has been slain by a demon. And so then he has to venture into, um, you know, Rath says, look, you can find me at the, the witch's trial, and which is this cave that he goes inside, and it, and it kind of plays on the, the Yoda uh, scene in... Um, the archetype, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? I was just saying the archetype of, you know, going into the cave. It's like the Cambellian thing of, you know, crossing the threshold to sort of obtain the right. bounties within, and he says, you know, the treasure you seek is in the cave that you fear, you know? Well, exactly. Mm. And so um, Burial has to go through there, um, and he, he goes through the three witches' trial, and at the final end, he takes up the mantle as his, you know, forefathers uh, surround him. And this is sort of the vision from the witch is, you know, Burial sees his great-grandfather and his grandfather and everybody else that's ever followed in the lineage um, of these demon slayers um, he's approached by. And his finally his father makes an appearance and tells him, you know, this is your legacy. This is what you must do. Otherwise, this world will be consumed by this sort of otherworldly nature that's meant to come here and cause havoc and, and sort of hell and you know, the brimfire and everything else that exists in this other world, they're trying to come into our world and destroy it. And so Burial sort of understands his destiny and his legacy is to go on to this journey. And so through it, he ends up meeting a king, um, which is not the one that is in sort of this small chapter that you, you played. He's more of like a town official, essentially. Um, uh, and so you meet the king of this entire world, and he sends you to these... Um, these different realms. So like the first realm that you'd go to um, in most uh, kind of cliches of cliche, it's an elven realm. And oh, in this beautiful. elven realm, um, the, the, what, uh, I'm sorry, the, the forest is withering and actually the, the whole essence of elves, they're actually starting to die because when the earth is corrupted and when the forest is corrupted, uh, it actually steals the souls from these, these sprites. These, the, the, that's how the elves stay rejuvenated and alive ah, and everything else and so it actually draws their life force from them mm. and so you come to this town of like withered people and um it's because from the this sort of forest temple or so um there is a, a demon that's being spawned from sort of the main nemesis of the entire game um and so the demon comes forth, you fight the demon, everything gets restored in the forest, and then you go to this dwarf realm. Uh, but before you get to the dwarf, uh, dwarf realm, you have to go through this desert, which is, uh, is focused essentially upon um, sort of Egyptian lore. And, um, and that goes into uh, one, of my uh, one of my songs that I really like uh, from The Sword, uh, Tears Like Diamond. 
Yes, from yes. Um, from uh, High Country. Absolutely. Yes, love that song. And um, and so from from that, and then also from the Lawless Land song that I just love so much, uh, it's going to tell more of a uh, Arabian Nights meets Robin Hood uh, type where you're, you're blowing contract- my fucking mind now, buddy. Yes, I understand now. Is- you need to take a moment right now because I write like I have. I told you a bit about Quantum Myth and like um, Entaf and Oreth and in these stories that I write myself. Um, Ray, my partner, is so great. Like again, you always value like the blunt partner who's like I can tell you right now you're good you're good at narrative um you need help with like pacing and stuff and i love like world building and you are like a fucking enrapturing me right now with with this narrative you are officially as of this moment um i'm recruiting you as my fucking main narrative advisor because i need your help with with the quantum myth stuff and we are going to fucking jump onto dreams which is coming out soon do you understand absolutely we're gonna fucking make this game this is happening um i'd love to yeah so that's totally gonna happen and um yeah i just i dig it man you know what i you know what i did listeners um this was originally going to be a god of war episode i created an entire other podcast so that this episode didn't have to be God of War. I'm kidding. No, uh, I, I mean obviously God of War because I like a real resonance with what Corey and Sony Santa Monica are doing. Masterpiece in the making, absolutely. But I, it was part of why I wanted to, like to get that done as well, uh, to so that I could open this up and start this dialogue with Justin. Because as I'm sure is the case, this is me sort of jumping in front of the screen after pressing pause and being like, I am. I just want to reiterate how grateful I am that you that you're sharing this with us, man. It's some um, super super uh, like imagination sparking stuff, and fucking grateful for you, man, for sure. I'm really uh, uh, really seeing everything you're putting out. Yep, go. The honor is all mine. I'm extremely humbled that you would even bother having me on here. I mean, you have a very successful podcast and multiple branching podcasts and everything else. And it's just, again, the wheels of fate has a strange way of turning. And, uh, you know, it's just wonderful that we were able to be brought together through our love of the sword and just, you know, video games in general. It's just wonderful. Um, I really dig it. But yeah, you were saying about, yeah, actually, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Uh, But yeah, just to finish up with sort of where the story will go from there. um, Again, you've been contracted out by the by the king to sort of save the realm, you know, from these sort of demon invasions um, and from, you know, what they're corrupting this world to become like. And so you, again, travel to sort of this Egyptian slash desert area, um, you know, Wild West-esque, where you're sort of freeing these slaves that this tyrant uh that uh is sort of the overlord or the sort of these the sultan of this this area and then through it you're actually able to make your way into this dwarven mountainous place redoing to fighting you know the titan of the uh, titan from the deep uh it's gonna be wonderful and so amazing and he just crashes down and like you just feel like this presence of like doom and dread and he's another one of the demons that this arch nemesis that appears in the short short segment that i gave you and which i named him eberathon uh which is the final track to age of winters uh, i believe um which just again it, when i looked at the lyrics to that song itself it, it's clearly a reference to uh lord of the rings because when you look at the lyrics for um for that song specifically you know the first first couple of lyrics just alone on that is the black blades in their hand obey his every command it's clearly uh the nazgul is falling sauron Yes. And that's like, Let so that I was like, forth at morning light, we ride north. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I wanted to encounter uh, and sort of bring about is like this sort of doom dread, this, this 
demonic figure that's sort of like the leader of all these demons or whatever, like the demon lord is what I want to create. And he's letting forth these these demons into this world uh, to wreak havoc. And so Burial's conquest is to stop them. And um, in the final final conquest, which leads it sort of to the chapter that you're at that I that I was able to publish. Um, you have the direct conflict with the actual spider priest, who's not necessarily a spider, spider, uh, or, or sorry, you have the conflict with the spider priest who continues summoning uh, Raguma, which is uh, sort of the otherworldly spider goddess, uh, demoness that shows up. And um, and she's fun. She's she's great. And I loved creating her because um, she's just wicked. And then <laughs> once you've slain her, Eberothon, uh, you actually have to, f you fight him and he actually, um, spoiler alert, kills Rast. So as Shut the fuck as up! Everthron, why? Why you do this? No! <laughs> And so, okay. um, so after you made this huge connection with Rast and, and him, he's sort of almost like the sacrificial lamb that sends you over the edge to finally truly accept what your reality is and your demon slayer. And so before this portal to the demon world closes, because Eberthon jumps into it, you jump in there and Freya follows you with. And so now it's you and Freya in this demon world, which will be titled The Night City. City, this is gonna be awesome because uh, it's. <laughs> I mean, I just love it so much. I know, dude. Night I City it, is I obviously go, go, go. Night City is 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 this is this demon realm, but it blows their mind because it's not at all what they pictured. It's not oh. brimstone and fire and everything else like that. It's literally modern day Earth. Um, so I'm creating more of like a firelanders uh, of the hyper ancient hypersphereans. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's right. what is he revealed is like that that's actually talking about like weapons like it's just a fancy word for like actual like bazookas and stuff that's crazy <sighs> man yeah so <clears throat> so through coming to the night city he's able to finally confront Eberthron, and he actually learns from the demon who is very informative and kind of throws burial's whole mind on a giant like just throws it all off basis. Like, he's like, what the fuck? It's, it's one of those moments, because what he finds out from this demon is that this is actually mankind's punishment. Wow. So the demons trying to get into this into their world is the punishment uh, for the advanced society that is actually the Night City. So the Night City is this you know technologically advanced city that when the creator of this universe, uh, which will also play another big theme of like the Empty Temples uh, song, um, also off of, um, uh, sorry I can't remember the album for whatever reason. Oh sorry, which, um, which was this? Go. Empty temples. Empty, Empty temples. temples that's, which uh, that's uh, high, high, high country. country. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so from, from that, there was this almighty power and this almighty power saw that humans and elves and, and dwarves were advancing their societies and they were not really paying attention to the higher power that had created them all together to begin with. And so this higher power, um, became jealous and he struck humans, um, with sort of a blight and he destroyed and all of the technology and advancements, um, because you gotta think of it like modern day, like everybody was set in modern day kind of now maybe even more further into the future but the idea was that as technology and everything else advanced less and less focus was on the almighty and so the actual world the almighty created kind of he suffocated that and divided the nations and even you know toppled all the technology and everything else and so he returned people back to a primitive state but the punishment for that was that for every kind of evil malicious feeling that someone has it's it actually creates sort of a second like persona so to speak where like that person that alternate universe is the night city so they still so that evil being of yourself still lives in this world fabricated um sort of as the demon world um and so these demons essentially are actually just replications of your own you know well, hate and anger yeah. like like personas right. almost like uh, in, in right. a way like with the persona aspect and that ties into entaf where you know entaf means like sentient metaphors it's like um the emotions and bonds you have whether or either if they're conflicts or whatever that um this is one of my quantum myth stories is that uh, say you know you you and me have a friendship in this world in the entaf world that would create a creature that would be um it's sort of uh, the kind of energy that it would have and it's 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 health would be the health of our relationship and the health of our friendship so if our friendship were to break then this creature would die like that's that's kind of the way that i'm kind of interpreting it but with you with these demons it seems that it's like 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 the like human malice you know and there's a bit of like evil stuff within intent right. as well and like yeah but like that, that and it, it derives itself from sort of almost like the seven deadly sense like yes. where you know gluttony and lust and uh greed and and uh and anger and vengeance all those things that you know sort of uh, created, you know, were created because of an offshoot of like someone thinking that, like, yeah, any person in the actual 
realm that they're in will, you know, sort of generate sort of uh, another character that's twisted by those actual feelings in this alternate universe. And that's sort of the demon world. And so then you come to find out that the main villain is actually the anger that your father felt um, who slayed him. Yeah, so, like, the whole, like, twist of the story is that the, your father's sort of alter ego is Eberthon, and that's oh, the malice and anger not, that felt. I am, I am gonna just throw my computer on the floor right now. What the fuck? That's amazing, yeah. dude. I, I, you know what I'm really actually gonna do? I'm gonna have a dedicated bumper to, 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 to you know, you're explaining the plot now. I'll, uh like a dedicated bumper before and after this segment where you're actually telling the plot so that people, if they really will, they'll, I'll make it sure, like I'm, I'm digging every single fucking like aspect of it. I dig it so much. And in fact, to be speaking of with, you know, like the person like you, man, that's like creating it, that's, that's, um, fulfills that, uh, you know, incredible, a lot for me, definitely like, um, yeah, in the most like, um, all encompassing way, definitely to, to have heard it from you and, and to have that told, to um, um to me by you for sure um but i will um because i know that there's going to be a lot of people who would who would dig uh, finding that twist for sure i fucking love that man that is really great and it's like his anger all along is what created the enemy that his son has to fight and that's that's terrific because you know you see that in a bunch of relationships like even like in the darth vader luke skywalker thing is like he's fighting his dad's kind of anger you know in, in that way and it's a great twist on that i really really dig it man um, and then so it leads you to, at that point, question the whole idea of this this punishment that, you know, forever would serve, as, you know, by this almighty power. And so, you know, as you have this final conflict with Eberthron, uh, he is actually slain by this higher power, and it, it like, appears before you. And then at this point, the, the character um, has shifted sort of the, the anger and, the, and the, the thoughts that they're having about, you know, this punishment and these demons. They're not really demons. They're just twisted thoughts that is sent to sort of torture and um, destroy their world that they live in and that you know they fear you know all the fear that comes along with uh, the idea of, of demons coming through but really the truth is they're just sort of alter egos of those people those are the deepest darkest secrets that someone holds within them and that's what gets ripped from them into this other world uh, but that tries to make its way into this other because they know that they're just images they're just feelings that are being translated over yeah. to there and when they realize that they try to get back into the real world because they don't they don't exist they're not really real and so by getting into the real world they can exist and so that's where um, you know the punishment for you know our sins for or the, the the character sins comes from and that's why that punishment is there and so then at that point you take the step further and you actually have to challenge the old the the ultimate power you have to actually challenge the god of the universe and you actually have to slay the god of the universe uh in order to right the wrong that was done wow. you know it, it should yeah so it, it it turns itself sort of with that um you know that that sense of realizing oh my God, we've been fighting the wrong people this entire time. Like we're only sort of, these are our natural emotions. These are who we are as people. You know, they shouldn't be sucked away from us and then sent here to, you know, cause havoc and destruction and everything else like that. This this isn't the problem. The problem comes from this punishment that was, you know, bestowed upon us. And so, you know, there was the, and so that's where I want to, that's where it'll go. Mm. And then it'll just, and that's how the story would end. You know, that's sort of that is how Burial's Legacy would be. And that and, and ultimately by slaying that that 
that uh, that higher power, it gets rid of the Night City. It gets rid of that, you know, that those demons that come forward to strike terror and fear in everyone's heart because it no longer exists. And so, you know, he's able to sort of be the last demon slayer, and that's his legacy. Is he was burial the last the last demon slayer. Mm, that's his title and and you know he said it at the top at the top of the the demo um which is great for me because like i i love the old disc demos and it feels like this is like a disc demo that you've that you've given us with the uh the downloadable um free demo that you've that you put on the reddit uh he does say those things about oh ever heard of me about these titles that i'm known by you know killer of law right. you know spiller of the silver blood So there's a fun a aspect there, but that's actually signals. Um, it's actually, you know, a really subtle hint towards what he'll be known for by the end of that story, of the story, which is that he has a real title now. Not not like he's obviously, you know, earned those other titles, but, you know, as Rast was saying, it was coming from that place of like ego and like, oh, humility was never one of your strong suits, you know, type thing. But, um, but that I would see that. 100%, you know, that's that's as, as strong of, and I'm, again, I really emphasize, I, I, I benefit nothing from, like, stoking your ego at all or stroking it. Like, it's, it's I, I all these words come totally naturally from, like, my connection with the story and I, how you describe it. Like, it's right up there with the big and most beautiful twists of, like, things like uh, Final Fantasy uh, 7 and, and 8 and 9, uh, which are sort of my pantheon there for the Final Fantasies, and 10 as well. Um, and in and, and, and Nintendo and in an intelligible way, you know, um, where some of the Final Fantasies have actually faltered a bit with uh, communicating their twists. It's a very clearly understandable um, uh, and very, very symbolically strong twist, man. I really, really dig it. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed coming up with everything. Honestly, I've got tons and tons of tons and tons of legal pad leaflets that I've gone through where I've sketched out stories, I've sketched out uh, the storyboards yeah. for the entire thing and how progression would uh, would take place. And, 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 and I love the fact that you've actually communicated the, the name of it correctly because a lot of people pronounce it like Burial or something like that. But to me, when I, when I said this name, Burial sounds, you know, like what it should be. Right, because yeah. when I think of... Yeah, right. When I when I think of uh, and actually I because I think of it like burial, almost like when when you bury someone in yeah, the ground, exactly. it's like like the executioner, like that's what he is. He's death's blade, like that's what he's being chosen to do, and yes. so that's him having to fight with his identity because what he wanted to be was this cocky young kid that you know enjoyed his life and was the Frodo Baggins that enjoyed his life in the oh, Shire, yeah. but. Yeah, and, right. he, and, and but he's, then, he's burying that legacy. He's he's burying that legacy of of the Night City. He, that's 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 it. And he is the burial. You know, like that's incredible. Very very great usage of nomenclature, man. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but I have, to, I, I have to interrupt you though, because I'm self no, I'm, I'm, I'm self hiring myself into your game. So no discussion, no interview needed. I'm already hired. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I will be writing any law books that you find uh, in like libraries and stuff. And what we have here is March of the Law in the Instrumental Innate Movements. We have Through the Breach, Iron Ships on Seas of Blood, Invocation of Halgra, The Black Web is Spun, Misery of the Plagueborn, The Spider's Descent, Conquest of Kingdoms, and Age of Winters. So all of these are just movements of Eberthron, that final piece on Age of uh, um, Winters, I would actually, no, I, and I'm going to write um, all the lore that you need for that and uh, happy to add that to the game. 
Of course, I welcome that 100%. Because, uh, again, this is more of a cult. I'd happy, you know, because, again, the more the people I can collaborate with, that's why I love, like, music. Like, yeah. when you're a solo artist in music, it, it doesn't, it's, it, you don't grow, like, as a musician. You just kind of, like, stagnant. I mean, that's why people that, you know, are a solo artist, for the most part, don't really change their sound. It's when you have multiple people feeding into it that you actually develop something more. And that's what I loved about being in a band was when you could uh, when you could collaborate with other people. Um, you could change, uh, you know, the, the way it sounds, uh, you know, the, the song, you know, had you perceived it, seeing, like had letting someone else hear that same song, they may perceive it a different way and say, hey, this would sound great this way, or how can I help make the song even better? And like, I just love that aspect of sort of bouncing ideas off of one another and, you know, it, you know, including uh, others to sort of reach out and touch this game in a way. Uh, and I just love it. I love collaboration. Seriously. I take it, it's man. It's my favorite thing. I am. Man, so, me too, man. So, no, yeah. hiring, no hiring needed. You're just on, man. You're just on. You're in. You're <laughs> and, in. Uh, you know, again, you know, and thanks, dude. <laughs> I really, no, I, and I take that fully 1,000% uh, on as an actual role. Like, I will do this for you, definitely, and for the title. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the same thing with, uh, you know, um, you know, Elder Scrolls and, like, Skyrim and stuff. You go into the libraries. Someone know. had to sit there and literally write those fucking books. Like, they're great. It. Like, yeah, it's it. amazing. Like, someone was like, oh, I think I want to write about this, and this is going to take over this entire tome and they're not short fucking stories i mean like they're they're very lengthy at times yeah, absolutely. and it's just it's so cool like it's yeah. just like someone was like yeah i just want to write the lore i just want to write like uh, you know stories that like you know connect with the story and tell a little bit more deeper in depth it's just very cool yeah. so I, I definitely will include include that for sure I appreciate that, dude. And exactly, again, whether JD was aware of it or not, and this is what we're saying, is maybe if this eventually at some point finds its way to any of the members of the sword, you know, if they're listening, um, you unconsciously or consciously created uh, a unified lore of, of, like, everything is tied together thematically. That can, that you can't say this about a bunch of whole, like, different bands' albums. You can't really tie a through line. Um, and that is, it just shows the strong lyricism and the consistent um, lyricism in terms of tone and content of JD and and as you've said like you've even been including so some people like oh they, they broke with their traditions whatever with high country but you've been you've included high country uh, titles there and everything has this sensibility this unified feel that it's coming from the same place which is obviously coming from the same person JD but um, it has this um, resonance and it has like you know um, everything is all the time is one of my adages of the world uh, that I've witnessed you know that I've observed myself that it connected with me that's from Apocryphon. title track of that of that album and um there's there's something that again what we what i say is that when something is well made enough with enough craftsmanship and passion and love and care and attention uh and made with truth and made with sincerity you know um that it transcends this genre that it that it that it has the ability to push through and um you know engage audiences that otherwise wouldn't have uh you know um you know um, like 
like looked into that kind of that kind of content and that kind of material uh, and and also not only that but this stuff resonates across years and so not only into different kind of ranges of people and types of like uh, you know people who appreciate fantasy people who appreciate different stories uh, uh, again uh, you know there was a whole discussion when when the sword came out is like they're hipster metal or something it's like oh they're on this band they're on this label Kamado records look at them with their flared pants and stuff it's like no no this is just us we appreciate this era we appreciate we don't consider ourselves retro at all and from the very start the sword have been breaking barriers like we we forget about that like they've they've and they've always done that and that's why with um used future that's coming out soon i expect nothing less and it shows that integrity that jd and, and the band have of uh of pushing barriers that they've been doing literally from the very start and it's like in the swords dna is to push barriers it is to transcend and that like burial's legacy and what you've done is a, a like a beautifully like natural consequence of that and it is what i humbly believe is the beginning of uh seeing you know material like like another example for me is mastodon um that they they like have stories that endure and like crack of crack the sky endures and blood mountain endures and leviathan endures just as age of winters um gods of the earth uh warp riders and apocryphon uh and um uh and um high, high country. country and high country absolutely and low country definitely so and for me it's just like not only is this a beautiful tribute that that's happening here, but more than that, it is a, an acknowledgement of the timelessness and and the um, and the artistry and, and and like going beyond just oh well it's lyrics I'll just fill it up with whatever like true intent and true passion and true like like care and love was poured into these lyrics and and it's it, 1000 million infinity percent uh, warrants uh, depiction in, in this other medium and it's it's naturally made its way to doing so through you. Um, like the cosmos has chosen you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I have been selected. Yes, but it's, um, yeah, exactly. So I just wanted, to, yeah, I, I, it's so cool, man. And thanks for telling your story as well. We're at a hundred, we're at an hour and forty, man. You cool to keep going, or how do you feel? Absolutely, as long as you'd like to keep going, my friend. I am. I, I pretty much said my uh, most of my stuff that I want to talk about. I mean, the one, the one thing that I do want to just obviously just yeah, circle go. back on with. Um, with the actual story uh, was with you know the higher power. It really comes from the song um, uh, "Empty Temples." The chorus in there is uh, "Let go of all that binds you. Your God will surely find you." And that's the idea. Is like, you know, it's this this higher being has been watching over this this world for for thousands, for millennia. I mean, it's just it's it's something that just has always existed, and and that is why you know. It, it finds you in that other world and sees that you've learned sort of the secret that's been keeping this entire time um, that it is not these demons that have been punishing the world, but it's actually the higher power that's been punishing this world for its sort of, um, you know, illusion that it doesn't need it anymore and it wasn't okay with just, you know, being sort of, um, you know, playing second fiddle to yeah. to the, the new world's development. So, I mean, that's just where it, it really just sparks and speaks to me. Um, and I did so much research on burial just before I even began making this project because I was like, I want to know. I was like, is it in any kind of lore? Is there mythology behind the name? Like, what is it? And I couldn't find anything. For the life of me, couldn't find anything. So in my own mind, I kind of related this back to um, to myself because I was thinking, it was like, maybe burial was like a D&D character for that. Like, maybe JD was like, <laughs> yeah. lo like loved D&D and made this character called Burial. Probably did. And, and that, and, right. And, and so into me, like, I thought to myself, I was like, that's exactly how I came up with my character's name um, uh, for like 99% of all games that I've ever played. My name is always Rygar Stormlord. And it. it is... Uh, 
<laughs> yes, and and he's like um like Conan by uh, Conan Barbarian kind of esque like barbar like just just barbarian dude um in this D and D world and. As he aged or whatnot like that, um, he was actually, um, as he's conquested and conquered and everything else uh, in my D&D foray as being uh, Rhaegar Stormlord, uh, he ends up actually being struck by lightning and he's revived by druids. And he gets older and he finally realizes that maybe his path is not war, but it's more peace and harmony and letting, you know, the balances of the world work itself out by staying neutral. And he becomes a lover of nature. So he's just like ripped like just shredded like super tall badass that like one day just becomes like a hermit and lives in a forest and that's how he developed into a character and that's what i thought with burial like i was like this must have been jd's character back in dd yeah, he like rolled that natural 20 yeah <laughs> right and rolled that natural 20 and he gets you know he's got the vorpal blade and he just slices through somebody's it's like he just completely decapitates somebody just per dnd's rules not you know i'm not trying to say that that's a good thing but just <laughs> dnd's rules are just like you know that epic moment where you're like roll the natural 20 and boom Boom, someone's head just flew off his shoulders. You're like, holy shit. Like, oh, and the whole world, like, praises you. And so, like, that's just what I felt like. Like, it connected on that level. I mean, granted, that was my interpretation of the of, of the actual burial. Because I was like, maybe it's in lore. Maybe it's not. Maybe I've got to find a little bit, you know, find the, the connection. But I couldn't. And so I was like, I'm just going to imagine a story. So maybe it's a DD character. And that's what I'm hoping for. Dude, you're talking to when a I, guy who, like, any opportunity, whether it's, like, a uni project or whatever. I name my phone. Like, anything is like, oh, what name do you give this? And my, name, my phone's named, like, Orith. And, like... For uh, my project with uni, I uh, this character uh, Navam Fylandra, who reads from the uh, reminiscence of Dudefalon, who um, essentially has access to the pure, unfiltered, un- un- unsubjective core of the universe, and just speaks directly from the actual source of truth. You know, we refer to truth as like this big, uh, you know, uh, unattainable, um, you know, like you know, like thing that's like unreachable by like mortal kind of flesh encased, you know, human consciousness. But it's like, oh no. Big deal i actually spoke with truth herself and this is what she said and it's like this is the sort of thing we 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 played D in another life dude we have like we have to I have, we have to have done that dude like you seriously you know you know what's crazy is i believe you were born in 1988 is that correct i fucking was buddy <laughs> so was i um november how about you july so we were four months apart but we're like I said, again, we may be separated by you know different continents, but we are we are brethren, my yeah, friend. We are kindred man. spirits from a, from another land. <laughs> Just some some weird time space thing happened where it's like I have all the mem- like not the memories, but I have like the energy of having spoken with you, grown up with you, all that shit. Not the actual memories, but it's like the energy's there, man, for sure. Um, right. Dude, um, I have another question for you. Um, yeah, you were saying about like, and that as you actually, I don't want to cut you off. You were saying about, uh, you know, burial and, um, you know, essentially wrapping up about like incorporating this material from from uh, uh, you know, high country. Was that kind of it, or, or were you, did you want me to like crack on with the rest of the show? Oh, by me, by all means, go for it. I mean, there really wasn't a whole bunch, you know, more that I had left to say about the actual game because I, since I did, you know, go over sort of the overview of the storyline. I mean, yeah. there's really not a whole lot more that I was wanting to divulge upon, just because I want there to be some kind of element for for right. surprise for yourself, especially Albert. Oh, dude, I appreciate that absolutely. And of again, course, yeah, for sure. And I'll direct that to our listeners. Is like just so you know, um, in case you're coming back uh, to us after having skipped past the sort of clearly marked spoiler section, um, Justin just said to me that he. Uh, 
um, yeah, like he just, and, and I agree with you, man, that it's uh, it's important to kind of keep some things to surprise. And, and that actually intrigues me even more because, you know, you went over some things, but it's very clear that like there's, there's a lot more to the story. You actually briefly went over it in maybe the span of about 20 minutes. And I'm assuming the playthrough for this entire title will go upwards into the, I don't know, how long was Final Fantasy IX? Was it something like, like 40 hours or something? I can't remember. <laughs> It was something like that. I mean, I don't. I. I mean, as a project for myself, I mean, forty. I mean, I spent probably thirty hours in really. I mean, you probably play through uh, Barrel's Legacy, the the chapter that I've sort of let, sort of uh, sent out. Um, it unfortunately probably would only take someone about forty five minutes to an hour to play through, <laughs> and fine. and and I left out like a, like so. When I created this, I, I really didn't have um, an idea of how far this was going to go. If this was going to be just a simple project, or if this was going to be like something that I turn into a full game, it was just literally just going to be something small. And so I didn't create a leveling system, and I didn't create um, you know skills as you naturally progress through any kind of game. Like you gain skills over a certain amount of time, and I didn't create that. I just gave you all the skills that you would get by level fifty. And um, and there will be obviously you know when I create the game, you'll start at level one, just like a, just a regular rookie. Like I mean, you are literally you know, a whelp who is just used to drinking and goofing off with the buddies like Frodo, but you eventually have to get, you know, stronger and, and build up more skills because obviously you can't face the demon Lord with, you know, a flagon of meat. Like you can't do it. You can't do it. I dig it. So, <laughs> so there's a lot that I've left out. Uh, oh, another thing you I left out—I to... I can't believe you left this out—but you left out the the uh, the uh, tattoo character named Albert, who like gives you like runic <laughs> tattoos that give you power. Like that. Excuse me. Like I was expecting that, buddy. Like that's. <laughs> I apologize, my friend. Right. I've yet to—I've yet to create the Albert. Maybe you'll be my. Uh, maybe you'll be the inspiration for the uh, the Arabian Nights part. <gasps> Dude, I would dig that for sure. And again, I'm just planning things here and then, like half, half joking but half serious. Like it would be nifty to see that. But uh, dude, it's a game. <laughs> your thing it's totally like no expectations um that's great man absolutely for sure um so the only other segment i had is um i i, I always sort of only look at, at the very last minute we have this sort of community q a thing just to see mm -hmm. i you know you and me both know that uh, the sword reddit at the moment at least again not digging uh, like making digs on it or anything but it's just it's a, it's a smaller community than, than others and let's just put it that way so i'll just quickly see i gave that comment to see whether or not anyone had jumped onto um uh, i just yeah made that comment of like oh i'm interviewing uh, justin um so if anyone wants to um add in and they haven't which is totally fine because you know what this is just getting started and i really that's the main kind of as well as the kindred uh, spirit aspect of like meeting you man the main thing that i get from the energy of this particular episode and i'm weirdly like already looking forward to like listening back to this many years from now that's going to be really cool so what would you like to say to future justin <laughs> um enjoy the ride I, you know it, I take it easy um you know make sure you don't live too fast yeah. uh you know <laughs> right i mean i just, just enjoy the process like the let um let the creative flowing juices, you know, go about their way in the natural way. Don't try to force anything, yeah. um, you know, and don't don't sell it short. You know, yeah. just just be pure and honest with the music and what it reflects in yourself and uh, the images that you know come from the lyrics and the music. Yeah, well, I have every assurance that um, that's the case already with you, man, that you are well on the way to having followed that. Again, future Justin, if you're listening, he did it and you did it because I just get that sense that it's like 
you can just tell when you're speaking with someone about their values. It's just it's the way maybe the way that they phrase themselves, the energy they have when they're saying it. It's like when you can tell that someone earnestly means what they say and about, like you said, not contriving because contriving is the path to just basically becoming a fake person and just taking these paths that are just uh, that sort of, yeah, strip away what makes us so great about like our species that we're able to sort of broaden our minds and like connect with connect with life and actually be truthful to to what we're actually feeling instead of um doing what i still feel sadly like in the industry and in both music and and gaming i'm sorry like i used to check you know like blah, blah, mouth so much more frequently i used to check you know i mean i've toned down my ign stuff i kind of stay in touch with it obviously for, for coverage reasons but um the heightenedness of, of all these industries can sometimes be really off-putting um so i can immediately tell uh, it's just something that i've i've like just developed with like speaking with people uh, connecting with like kindred souls like yourself like you can just see um with your intent i can like i feel your intent coming from your words with this and uh and just from like who you are so i just think that's uh you're, you're well set up for success my friend and um again it seems like you have a really uh like solid head on your shoulders just like really have great perspectives about life super mindful um super grounded and articulate and erudite eclectic all these fucking good shit so like you're a worthwhile human being man fucking pleased with me hey. No, it was, it was, the pleasure is all mine. Like I said, I was so humbled by your your message on Reddit, and it just brought us. You know, it's just so great that the universe you know brought us together. Uh, I don't know if I've said that probably you know so many times throughout <laughs> this entire like. That's uh, cool, man. It bears repeating. But it's it's so true. I mean, it's so yeah. awesome. Like you know, just so random. You know how the world can bring people together over something just as simple as just a band that you just connect with and love and then you just and your love of video games and then it triggers into something more and it's just wonderful like i said i feel like i have a brother from a different continent my man that's it same here brother from another mother that's what i'm saying yeah right yeah uh, for sure <laughs> all the way dude um so what we'll do is wrap up it's um we're coming up to the two hour and um yeah i think that's we'll tie a bow in that and you got to come back onto the show man is that cool Oh, 100%. I'd love to come back on the show for future episodes with IA, uh, as well as for your future podcasts for um, uh, for the God of War. Uh, if you ever want to have me on for the oh, uh, Death Stranding, love yeah, it, man. I'd love all of it. Terrific. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to be in the pool. I'll send you invites to all those Skype groups that you'll be in the pool of like, uh, you know, weekly people that whatever. That's the whole system with us at Interactive Artistry. It kind of helps that it's just this rotating chair of whoever wants to make it, whoever isn't inconvenienced, um, you know, with sort of hours that we choose. And we always try to choose pretty um, merciful hours for like recording times, you know, crossing the time zones and shit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. How is the future, by the way? Because uh, technically you're into Sunday and I am still <laughs> sitting and lagging behind on Saturday. So you, I figured I'd, you I'd see what tomorrow holds. It's amazing. There's flying cars everywhere. I love it. I'm wearing roller skates. <laughs> they're made of they're made of cake. It's amazing. So why 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 is my why is my version of like a person from the future like this ex eccentric British person who's wearing like roller skates made of cake? I don't know. This is I don't know why. This is like a terrible acid trip from the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Roller scapes made of cake, sitting in a giant lake. Oh, I don't know, whatever they fucking sing about. Oh, it works. It's Them, perfect. All the drugs, but um, I will send you oh. Apollo Gauntlet. Uh, it's required. It's like man, like you came on the show. You got to do some for me. Hey, you got to do some for me. You got to watch hey. Apollo Gauntlet. You know, you got it, man. It's a free online. The first season that he did, he animated himself. Then some. Uh, I'll send you links for like watching the Adult Swim because his stuff was optioned from Adult Swim. Again, um. I think that's a pretty nifty note to, to end on, actually, um, which ties into what's happening with Justin and like gaming uh, and like development with what 
Justin has done again, you know, shout out to that software RPG maker that he's using. But Miles Langlois from Apollo Gauntlet, like he he just created everything himself. He taught himself everything, right? He did all the male voices. He got like female voices, like um, you know, to like for those, you know, female friends to do the voices for those. Um, he did everything himself. And what happened is that the, through the power of the internet, like he had his stuff out there, and um, Adult Swim came up to him and they said, hey, we really dig um the energy of what you've put out it's kind of it's really it is its own thing and it's quite singular and, and unique and and buddy he's on he's on aqua he's on um, adult swim now you know and uh that's awesome which is terrific and that's just really is the way these things work so this is i i hope to at least be in the sort of chronicle of, of justin dressler and lawless studios a at least a footnote on like oh this is one of the interviews he did super early in his like illustrious career that he would have you know <laughs> <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Even if it doesn't turn into an illustrious career, it will be a fantastic interview, and I'm sure oh, there'll be plenty will. more in the future. If if you were going to recommend a TV show to me, I will I will do in turn the same to you. Have you ever heard of a show called Harmon Quest? And I strike back with my longsword. I've been hiding a longsword the whole time, you you dumb fucks. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even notice I'm full of weapons, <laughs> idiots. He quickly lands two blows on your side and legs, dealing 19 damage. Wow! How does that feel, hero? Gravel Cripple. Yes? What about your parents? Oh, I killed my parents long ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I drank of their blood. And now, once I kill this king, I will become king! <laughs> 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 Am I playing the game right? Yeah, yes. Am I? I love, fuck, I love that dude. I really do. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh my god, it's so, so rare that no, I found no, no, somebody. No, no. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I, I love Harmon, but I know that what it is. I haven't watched it. You see, you'd recommend it on that level. Like, I need, it's required. Beautiful. Viewing. It's just, it's, it's so funny. It's so good. It's, it's just they bring. Okay, so it's a D. Obviously, it's a D and D game, and they bring in different people to interact with them each time they campaign. So like, it's never the same person, you know, for multiple episodes. So they bring in, you know, sort of like this new character for their role playing experience. And they just started the second season, I believe, here not too long ago. But the first season was brilliant, and I loved it. And I absolutely have to recommend it. And also, just to follow back with the Tim and Eric thing, while I may have not seen that show, I have seen obviously Eric and other, you know, things like uh, I watched the Aziz Ansari's Masters of None series on Netflix, and he's in that. And I, I love his character; he's oh, yeah. amazing. It's uh, it's like everything you know about Eric, but like again, adding Tim obviously Tim Heidegger. He's actually a musician now. He's doing like acting stuff as well in in a bunch of different titles as well. So they kind of expand beyond their spheres as well, which is kind of why I connect with them. You might think, oh, it's kind of really incongruous to be talking about this stuff on like interactive artistry, which is you know that is the whole point, and that's why again I'll tie an even further bow onto it. And I know I was saying that with Apollo Gauntlet, but it's it's really fine. In fact, dot 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 like you can like many things and discussion can take shape around various different things and you can appreciate that you know it's um it's something that is really important to like uh you know just have like yeah eclectic is 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 an avenue towards ex of experiencing as much of life as possible and, and you want to get as much out of life as possible because we only you know as far as we know only have one of them so um right. i really dig it man and um just like as i said i hope to um uh, you know, as as I mentioned, like with your career going forward, you know, I, yeah, we're gonna obviously have multiple other interviews, but really, really, um, was very pleased with how this one went, and um, to have you back on the show for sure, and uh, yeah, you're our first developer interview, buddy. So 
I really dig that. Woo! Yeah. My I appreciate it. No, seriously. My favorite. I'm so happy. I'm so happy we got to brought together. And, and, I, and I, again, just a great friend. And I can't wait to see right. what, you know, future future podcasts come from from our future. For sure. Same. And I'll write up all the law stuff that you need, man. Easy. I just, I can, I can dive straight into that and like, that'll be a lot of fun. And um, conversely, yeah, I'll, I'll get you to jump on and, and um, whatever, if you want to like, again, we're both sort of up and coming with what we're doing. So if you have any insights with like um, setting up what we're doing, um, I'll definitely, I quite like your mic that you're using. So please let me know what you're using there. Um, with, really? Yeah. It yeah. was actually super cheap. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I bought it on Amazon for $16. Oh, damn. How damn. Yes. Okay. It just it literally plugs into a USB port, and then it's um, situated very nicely on a little stand it came with, um, and it had a little um, uh, styrofoam kind of casing or whatever like that for the microphone, so it stops the sound oh. uh, from like piercing people's ears. And then I just picked up a cheap pair of studio headphones, and yeah, for fifty bucks, I got up and running real simple, real fast. Just plug that baby in, and she was good to go. Oh, she man. was purring. Oh, Shaburn. I dig Shaburn. it. Shaburn. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bruschetta. We need to, you know, remember when, like, uh, I don't know if you saw this Aquatine, but when uh, Master Shake, he's, uh, he gets uh, copyright striked by the Scorpions, the metal group, uh, for singing, um, like, he just creates this song called Bruschetta Nights based on, like, that. what is it, like, uh, like, uh, city, like City Lights or something? And, like, he just, yeah, like, oh, those, those damn Teutonic arachnids, you know, like, because he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he can't like refer scorpions for like themselves because then then Aquatine would get like copyright striked and all that shit. But um, oh, for sure, yeah. And we haven't even, dude, we haven't even talked about Metalocalypse. Oh, you need to come back. Oh, I know. My God, I know. Okay, oh, right. it's well, such a tragedy when that show ended. Oh, <laughs> it was. But um, we'll start wrapping up. So again. I yeah, actually, yes. no. <laughs> Oh my god, it could lead us down another like two hour rabbit hole of talking about Metalocalypse and just how brilliant that show was. Yeah, oh. I will, I will uh, harness like an orb. I will take it into my hand and I will shove it into our next episode for sure. Absolutely, Absolutely. can't wait for sure, man. So community Q and A again every week before recording, we post on our Twitter for you guys to write in your comments, guys and gals, write in the comments uh, of this week uh, in games on the forefront of the overall growth of games. Um, again, that can take any shape, and again, what this episode seeks to sort of embody is like we want to hear everything it's a really about growth in all respects not just growth in uh you know um within sort of the medium itself of like developing new levels of like maturity and like emotional intelligence and like intellectually stimulating content and, and like philosophically like engaging and enriching content it's a really about like if you have come into awareness of like a game that's raising awareness of uh i don't know like maybe with you know using hellblade as an example you know psychosis you know that was a beautiful and in fact i believe it did win the the games for change uh award for this uh is that correct justin did you watch the the game yeah awards? it won it, oh i watched it and then i was blown away by by hellblade i actually i had seen a trailer for it a long time ago and then i was like wow that seems like something i'd be really into i want to try that at some point yeah. and then it came out and then it was just uh, this year for video games and 2017 it was just mind-blowing how year, many yeah. video games were so good so good this year and so to fit every single one year, into year, this year, year was year. right technically yes last <laughs> year i'm sorry i keep i keep thinking of the glory of 2017 for uh, gamers and not wanting to leave it just yet um but 2018 is going to be even better buddy i, I promise 2018 is going to be glorious too be glorious. Uh, yeah for sure so but i but i saw the trailer for it back in 2017 i said i've got to play this game and unfortunately just slipped underneath the radar and i was playing other things like persona 5 uh and also um 
yeah. the cool. uh, expansion to Final Fantasy fourteen, which was Stormblood, which was amazing, um, and then playing uh, Near Automa. Uh, loved all those games, but it just, again, slipped under the radar, so I didn't get a chance to. Then I saw it won three awards, um, and know. it was just... So good, it was right? Brilliant. I was like, I had to get it, and then it went on sale for like 20 bucks. I was like, okay, done, 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 done. done and so done, it's sitting done. in my queue library, and I'm waiting to play it um, here very shortly, Must. but it's just about finding all the time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely do not absolutely and yeah and no and that's why i sort of brought it up is because you know that made an impact it made you want to like download it and everything and as you heard from like the reception it's been getting and like they did such a great job you know ninja theory with that and so again listeners as i was saying in the segment if you have heard of any titles that you want to um kind of cue us in about and like tell us about like i found justin and burial's legacy just out of my own sort of twitter sorry i'm um, reddit dwelling kind of habit sort of thing but if you do have suggestions please jump on and if you are a developer and you want to um speak as justin has spoken about his title um we would love to have you on the show as well to kind of um yeah con continue the conversation about uh, the expansion of the medium in all respects so um we ha didn't have any sort of anything um kind of chime in today we don't have a dedicated reddit maybe down the line we will do i hope that'll be the case um no i think it definitely will um but so fantastic in, yeah in the don't don't dream small don't say dream small. yes exactly. it's gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah exactly it's I, absolutely 100 <laughs> gonna happen albert secretly googles how to set up reddit account um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, as our sign-off look to close out the show, we at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve and streamline the show and Interactive Artistry as a whole so we um, so we can make it the best be-all, end-all destination for showcasing the most worthwhile games and creators that contributing that are contributing to the overall growth, growth of the medium. And with that in mind, if you do have any suggestions for us, please email interactiveartistry at gmail.com or contact us via Twitter at interactartist. Um, and we'd be, we'd be glad to incorporate your constructive feedback. Um, and also, if you'd like to make sure the show continues and and help us grow uh, like Topal did earlier when I gave him the shout out um, yeah and into also we you have a sort of cool giveaway sweepstakes as well so the higher you um you donate uh, and as in um you know uh, give patronage for us every month um the more votes that you get in in the sweepstakes when we start getting um these gifts that we're going to sort of start doing um i think it's either biannual or bi-monthly but we'll, we'll figure it out with um sweepstakes yeah but yeah if you wanted to do that please head to um, patreon.com forward slash interactive artistry um justin did you have anything uh, closing off for our listeners before we sign off uh, no, I mean, if you want to, if you want to find me, I, I believe it's justin.dressler88 um, at uh, Instagram. I think I have an Instagram. I, I literally just made it because I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to stock the sword. <laughs> and uh, it's a true story, true story. It, it, um, I, I created, I created a Twitter to begin with because I was like, oh, maybe I can message them because um, just before I posted it on Reddit, I had, I was like, I've got to reach them. I want to reach them. I want to talk to them. I want to get that into their hands. Yeah, so I, 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 I like, hope this goes some ways towards like helping that man for sure. And like in the show and stuff, but yeah, go ahead. So I, uh, so I, I reached out to like on their Facebook, they had their manager and like PR president. So I reached out to both of them. I sent them an email. Didn't unfortunately get anything back. Uh, then I was like, well, maybe I can reach them through Twitter. Maybe they check their own Twitter. That was not the case because you, I guess you have to be friends to direct message them or something and it, it, they weren't going to get it. So I was like, oh, that's too bad. And I was like, what about this newfangled thing called Instagram these young kids are using? So I was like, I'm going to create Instagram and I'm, you know, and so I did. And then I don't really even know how to use it really, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I added the sword, and then I was like, "Let me see if they they've each got their own individual, you know, Instagram." So then I added them as well too, and uh, one of the band members, which I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say it or not, but that's one right, of you the don't have to. you can tell me later. Yep, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but I was able to actually make contact uh, oh, with them. I dig it. 
Nice. Yes. That's really great. Well, um, super cool. once I've sent you the link um, for this, so I'm going to publish it, have all the clips added, you know, all the amazing journey of editing that I'm going to embark on. You know, like I'm not the best editor. I take a long time to edit. So it ends up being this, like the positives for me is that it's like, well, at least I get to just spend a whole chunk of time listening to like music and and like whatever I do with like, uh, you know, clipping. It's like, I just, I really enjoy the process. I might, might not be the best yet. And maybe down the line to be able to get a really good editor would be cool. But um, I'm really looking forward to like, yeah, stringing all the these, like sword songs together and everything and yeah once that's all finished i'll send you that link i'll post it to the sword reddit and um yeah you can feel free to send the band member that man oh that'd be awesome i dig it awesome well yeah um listeners thank you so much for listening uh for this week on episode three of interactive artistry podcast we're looking forward to publishing the next one um i'm actually could quickly tell you what it is uh, our upcoming one is actually going to be drum roll please um, red, dead red dead redemption so we're going to be talking about that. Um, Justin, would you like to talk about Red Dead Redemption? I would love to. Um, we'll yeah, see, we'll I mean, see how I'm... we go. We'll see how we go. If you, um, again, it's about whether or not you can speak to it, whether like there's time and stuff and all that stuff, but um, we can figure that out down the line. Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk, riff about it just like the second, like just maybe a little preview on it, or or if you if you wanted to set up like a yeah, because I, I loved playing the first uh, Red Dead. It was just amazing. Like it was just a very cool, different type of game. I mean, that was coming out of the same you know factory of uh, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, you got to think. I mean, this is a franchise that built itself upon you know uh, stealing cars and beating up hookers. I mean, you know, <laughs> and the fact that now you're now you're in the Wild West and you're like Billy the fucking kid. Like that's so cool. And now with a second one, like. You're just like, what could they expand upon more? Tell me. I'll I can't keep wait. In so I just on your behalf. I, for some <laughs> reason, that one line from the trailer—it's so Sergio Leone. It's like because uh, he's talking about like a, a mother who is like maybe like lost his lost her husband or whatever, and she's like maybe he's like threatening her son or something. Is like, oh, mm-hmm. shame to see that your mother is in black. I'll keep her in black on your behalf, as in like I'll kill you. And so then she will go straight from mourning her husband that's dead to mourning you. So just fucking watch it like incredible script writing and i think um okay that's it it's it's on tape that's you're, it you're, yeah, you're, just you're, little you're, taste you're, no i was just gonna say like you're you're on it you're like you're gonna let's do it next week how's that wonderful i'm, I'm down uh you are down, down, yeah. my man and again obviously you know down like a clown my friend down like a freaking frown that isn't upside down like keep frowning <laughs> i say keep frowning in this world never turn the frown upside down all right i'm kidding no, down, down like a clown i dig it all right man um yeah, have a fantastic rest of the week, dude. And uh, yeah, till till later. And so great to speak with you today. Absolutely, man. It was it was again my pleasure, and again very humbled. And I uh, can't wait to be back on for for future for future episodes. That's dude, absolutely. And you know what? Um, I have one more thing I wanted to say. Is uh, like we've just started the year, right? Uh, it's yeah. like January and stuff. Um, if from the very start, I it's I almost pity my own like like there's just going to be so much on this show like there's there's uh, like I have over 70 titles this year that is just going to be rolling one into the other into that we have Monster Hunter World soon as well you know oh yeah I, yeah yeah I remember I remember the first episode you went through those 60 games that you had like picked up and then you went through all those and I was like man if you talk about every one of those that's 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 gonna be a long podcast at time and and the fact that you're also doing specialized uh, podcast for Death Stranding and then also God of War. It's so cool. Like I'm just like, wow, man, this guy looks, loves video games and what they can do for for people. I'm, so I'm down like a Donkey Kong ground pound. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I, I got one in. I did it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'll see you in the sky, man. Take it easy.
<laughs> Later on, buddy. See you, man. Bye. Bye. The idea of Kratos being able to change because of his child, that idea of how much of our cells, our real selves, do we show our children, and how much of what we do changes when we know we have a mirror reflecting our flaws back at us. But I think for people to really see truly that we were trying to do something different, we just had to zig when they expected us to zag. Teaching is kind of an important aspect of the game, passing on of knowledge from father to son. It's interesting because this character that we've been so familiar with, seeing him kind of start to make different decisions, seeing him struggle, he has this God side and this human side, two things that were never meant to coexist together. The son is teaching him how to be human. It's, it's bringing out that sort of closeted humanity that he stamped down. When we set out to build this game, we wanted to show gamers what the next generation of gaming was going to be like. It meant that we needed to build a new experience. The camera lenses we use are similar to the lens that we use if you were shooting a movie. Lens curvature on the screen because of the camera lens. There's chromatic aberration because there's separation of color that happens naturally through a lens. It's those imperfections that make you feel like something is alive. One thing that was extremely unique experience for me as someone who's done this with films, television, and books mostly, in fact, for some reason, the storyline as well as the philosophical underpinnings, when you're playing the game and controlling the character, or you know that the person next to you is controlling it, it sticks in your mind even deeper than a great work of literature or a cinematic a masterpiece. Well, that's the benefit of making this game, is that we knew we could leverage interactivity. We knew we could leverage mechanics, something completely unique to video games. No other kind of form medium can get you to feel that kind of connection to another character. We wanted to create some very, very beautifully rendered, very engaging emotionally, choice-based game to have the tonality and the uh, emotionality of the films. At every stage in the design process, hone in on the core value, the core thing, the one piece of, of meaning that we really need to communicate through this work of art. Video games have the capacity to connect people and help them share their feelings, their thoughts, that shows their true creative spirit. I think everything has is an art. Everything human does has a potential to express. And they are all art. have um, a design process that does actually start with an emotion and then we try and take all of the elements a story but also the visual language of the game and the audio and the interaction itself to feed that emotional journey. Hey, what's up? What's going on, man? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, dude. You have a fantastic, oh, yeah. fucking amazing um, profile picture as well, brother. This is like, you wear who you are on your face. You know, usually the expression is, you wear it on your sleeve. You wear it on your face, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what's going on? 
good times, man. Fucking, like, that's the one thing. I swear, like, probably if we look into the cosmos of where they're in there, like, that kind of same area of the cosmos, whatever, that you and I kind of spawned in, which is this kind of kindred aspect between us of this shared, uh, like-mindedness or whatever, um, yes. you'd, you'd, you'd see, you'd see this, you'd see that. And I reckon, yeah, that's, that's kind of my vibe when it's when uh, people sort of meet in the way that you and I did. Um, and uh, I was going to say, like, I, the, the way that I vibe with you definitely off the bat just in like writing and stuff i know that we're kind of old school kind of folks i'm i'm assuming like we dig our sort of old-fashioned kind of shit but the internet fucking bringing us together was fucking cool of it like as like you just it just like the internet fucking justified its existence with this i think absolutely i i honestly there's such garbage that that unfortunately like <laughs> infiltrates reddit like almost all the time and so like when i was like i put it up there just as like maybe we'll see what happens and uh you know maybe someone will see it and they'll be like super stoked that there's a video game that i'm making about it cool uh it's for the fans you know that's what i'm making it for and then to get like this humbling response back from yourself <laughs> was Dude. like out of fucking left field because like <laughs> the most i've ever like a, a, like received for the, like upvotes or like cool messages was like for a video game when i was like trying to help people out or something like that yeah that was like the, i was like oh okay cool people really really appreciated my my feedback and but i was like it was very trivial it was like hey this guy sells you armor and weapons for your level 60 characters check out him if you don't have the gear level yet and that got me a lot of like upvotes and be like hey thanks for the thanks for the tip blah 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 and i was like oh okay cool but this this message that i got monday morning like a week <laughs> after i posted it just blew my mind i was like who is this guy i have to know more and i was like this guy is super into it it was so humbling i was like oh my god nah man for sure absolutely and as i mentioned like that's how i mean i sort of phrase it in a bit of a long-winded way and I, I never have a quite a, like a deft way of like articulating it but cosmos neighbors like literally when you were all like being constituted and like materializing and whatever to actually come into being i think we were kind of in like adjacent sort of areas of like outer space and i was just like oh this guy is a fucking kindred human being and that is like and when i came dude and the thing is with with this with the sword reddit right and this is to all sword reddit listeners all five of you i'm kidding um <laughs> you know but there's all like there's only 200 fans that are part of that that are part of that subreddit so like oh, the God. fact that i reach somebody who's like in australia that's a huge sword fan like that like that just excites me i'm just like yes oh. the sword is acknowledged worldwide yay uh, yeah man absolutely and and obviously you know this band going all the way back to uh you know 2004 when he started p first putting demos together i believe age of winters was 2006 yep yeah that's right awesome so a fellow sword scholar for sure um you know what i usually kind of do a bit of pre-show and stuff but um i'm gonna go i'm gonna roll straight into it just so we can kind of keep keep riffing with what we're doing so i'll just count awesome. down um and then go a bit quiet so it's easy for me to spot in the edit and i'll just say the whole spiel and then we'll continue buddy awesome. all right <clears throat> okay three and two and one uh i need to be able to say these things in a more streamlined way and guess what guess what buddy i can edit all this fluff out I can make my sound like <laughs> I can make myself sound like the smoothest, jazziest cat. All right. Also, do you listen to Primus at all? I do. <laughs> Why not? I got herself a big brown beaver and ran out all her friends. One day that don't that beaver gonna leave wrong down down cycle friend. Okay. <laughs>
I, I, I'm I, sorry. I tend to, uh, I tend to like uh, chortle um, Primus when I'm like trying to find something around the house. Okay, that's all the time we have for this week. Until then, good night. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. It's Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. <laughs>